Blog Talk Radio. Today, 
But Mark Rick put the official stamp on his first four coaching hires this afternoon. Thomas Brown was officially welcomed as your new running backs coach, co-offensive coordinator. Craig Kuligowski, the rock star of the early coaching hires, was officially named your defensive line coach. Todd Hartley, who has been working recruiting at Georgia, was named your special teams coordinator, and there's possible that there'll be an additional role to be announced soon on defense. And John Richt, the head coach's son, was named as an offensive assistant. We're assuming his responsibilities are soon to be defined. Rick seems to be building his staff with flexibility. In major college football, NCAA rules allow nine assistant coaches who can give on-field instruction and recruit. Now, by our count, there's still seven positions that need to be accounted for with four guys already named. So something's got to give. You know, probably Hartley's going to pick up a position, and we got to believe John Rick's going to pick up a position. But you're still looking for an offensive line coach, a receiver's coach, possibly a tight end's coach, unless you uh, pair the tight ends with the receivers, a quarterback's coach, unless Mark Richt chooses to take those responsibilities himself, a linebacker coach, a defensive back coach, and most importantly, a defensive coordinator. So Rick looks like he's trying to be flexible, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he chooses to divvy out the responsibilities as he continues to put his staff together. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, Rick is quietly working on recruiting, talking on the phone to high-priority recruits, we assume as often as possible. We were up at the Under Armour All-American game this week, and we reported there that Rashawn Gary, the top defensive tackle in the nation, was weighing a Miami visit after a Monday night phone conversation with Rick from Orlando. Other recruits like Auburn wide receiver commit Eli Stove also told us that they now are seriously weighing Miami now that Rick is in Coral Gables. So we'll talk about all of that and more tonight on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest Tonight will be two hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, it's your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Once again, if you want to come on the show and speak, you hit the number one on your keypad. That'll send us a prompt that you would like to participate in the show and you'll be put in the queue to be brought on. Tonight's show, once again, is sponsored by our longtime sponsor and multi-time sponsor this season, the great website, Nuts.com, where Hurricane fans who have been turned on by Kane Sport Live have been getting all their snack food for the entire football season. I'll tell you more about Nuts.com later in the show. As always, we asked the fans on the message boards at Canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. Does Mark Richt want to keep James Coley or any other members of the Golden coaching staff? 
that's a big time question right now, and there's a lot of mixed signals. You know, as we told you early in the week, uh, everybody seemed to be free to go out and explore opportunities, and uh, at least in the case of Kevin Beard, Rick offered him the opportunity to come back in and interview for his old job. There have been rumors that Art Kehoe might get the same opportunity. Those aren't confirmed. Um, there's been rumors that Andrew Swayze will be given the opportunity to interview to remain in charge of the weight room. Also not confirmed. Basically, there's a lot of rumors and not a lot of confirmation of those rumors, which is why you know, we're taking a very conservative approach right now at, at canesport.com. We understand that there's a lot of factors going into all of this. Um, but the specific question about James Coley, um, we believe that there have been people exploring his employment. Uh, we know for a fact that Georgia was one of those schools. And apparently it's looking like James Coley has turned down the opportunity to go to Georgia, um, largely because it did not involve coaching quarterbacks. So um, right now, it, it does not look like James Coley is necessarily gonna gonna leave for one of those jobs that he's being rumored. And I've seen LSU rumors, and um, I know that there's NFL possibilities. He has been an NFL assistant before. And But it, in terms of Mark Richt, right now, it doesn't look to us like James Coley is in his plans, but we aren't closing the door on anything because so much is still in flux, and Richt is building his staff with so much flexibility that any decision he makes, he's going to be able to adjust and accommodate. So um, I, as I posted yesterday on the message boards at canesport.com, I think everybody just has to be a little patient. I, I know everyone's dying to get the final verdict on, on everything, and we obviously want to give it to you, but we can't create the news. And, you know, that's the one thing that's kind of gotten lost in the craziness of the message boards in the last four or five days. People just don't understand. We can't create the news, and we can't go crazy over all these Twitter rumors that are flying around all the time um, from different people. So, We'll stay on it best we can and bring everything to you as, as soon as possible once we're able to confirm that things are true. Uh, the four guys that were hired today, uh, we've obviously been talking about for several days. We were able to confirm most of those pretty darn quickly. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. Is there anything to the Dave Aranda defensive coordinator rumors or the South Sincere or Brian Van Gorder rumors? Well, you're seeing there exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, you got three Relatively high-profile guys, all being rumored to be getting the defensive coordinator job. So, you know, welcome to the world of dealing with all these Twitter rumors. And um, obviously, all three of them can't be defensive coordinator. And it's possible that none of them are going to be the defensive coordinator. We've heard that Mark Rick has been ex exploring some guys in the National Football League for different spots. And I have to imagine the defensive coordinator could be one of them. And he might choose to interview more than one guy. You know, we, we don't know. He's not telling anybody what he's doing. He's keeping it very close to the vest, and um, it's a great secret, at least to everybody we know. So, um, again, that goes back in the, you know, let's be patient and let the man do his thing, and uh, we'll all be finding out soon enough. Is it true that Art Kehoe will be moved to an office position and not coaching? Would he accept that, or would he leave to continue coaching? Personally, I have to believe that Art Kehoe wants to continue to be a coach, but 
the University of Miami did the right thing, assuming everything that's been spoken about Art Kehoe is true, and they did offer him a fundraising job in the athletic department, that was the right thing to do. Art Kehoe has given his life to this university. He got unceremoniously fired once before. Now he's potentially losing his job yet again after coming back. And, you know, it's a business. And let's be honest. I mean, the offensive line position hasn't been going very well. That performance in the bowl game was as bad as it gets. And recruiting hasn't gone as well at that position as it needs to go. And there's a lot of reasons to be raising questions about Art Kehoe. No matter how much all of us love him, those questions are not unfair. However, to just throw him out on the street yet again would not have been the right thing for the University of Miami to do. And if they are, in fact, offering him that as a fallback, the opportunity to be a fundraiser in the athletic department, I applaud Blake James and the athletic department for doing so. Whether Art Kehoe stays or goes from the University of Miami physically itself should be Art Kehoe's decision this time around. Next question that came in dealt with watching Coach Cool. And that's you know that's obviously uh, the nickname for Craig Kuligowski, the defensive line coach from Missouri, a guy that was at Missouri for 15 years, um, very well respected in college football, and without question, a major upgrade at that position from what has been there the last five years. And Coach Cool has done a lot of recruiting in the state of Texas. And the question was, is he a significant recruiter there? Um, and could Miami start getting players from Texas again like they used to under Butch and Dennis? And I would say unquestionably, the answer to that is yes. And when a good coach, a guy that knows what he's doing, is putting a staff together, he's not only hiring great position coaches, he's hiring guys that bring recruiting territories to the equation. And, you know, like let's take a look. You know, right now, like, for example, with Todd Hartley, a, a guy that coached at Marshall for a couple years. But let's face it, he was the recruiting coordinator for Georgia last year, which means that he has been dealing on a daily basis with every high school coach in the state of Florida. I mean, state of Georgia, rather. Sorry about that. He's been dealing with a great number of the best recruits in the state of Georgia in his role as recruiting coordinator for the Bulldogs. And he's a guy that will do a lot, you hope, to help Miami recruit in the state of Georgia. So you got that. And now if Coach Cool comes in and he helps you recruit in the state of Texas, you're seeing a coaching staff starting to come together where guys you know, bring something to the table. And that's what you want. And that's what Al Golden never understood from day one that he got here. He didn't put together a staff with the entire spectrum in mind. And that's why they struggled so much at times to get involved with the best kids in the country in recruiting. And that's why you have a roster today that Mark Richt inherits that is so severely lacking in so many areas. So, you know, you're, what you're seeing in Mark Richt, at least on initial appearances, and, we, and obviously you hope and expect it will continue to be the case, is a guy that knows what the heck he's doing, and he's putting together his staff accordingly. Is the way the Canes practiced, or Andrew Swayze, 
the reason Miami was a second-tier team mentally and physically, or was it just the head coach? My answer to that one would be neither. I think it was everything. Okay, I didn't, you know, I was very vocal about this for a few years now and during fall practice, and I told you guys I did not like what I was seeing on the practice field when I was out there. I did not like the way they practiced. I don't think they were practicing hard enough. I don't think they were building a tough football team that was going to be tough enough with all respect to the couple minutes of Oklahoma drills that they did every now and then. Um, I didn't. I just. I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like the, the all the music all the time, and there were just there were a lot of things just from my years of experience around some pretty darn good coaches that I saw that I just didn't feel they were practicing well enough to be a good football team. And it has it wasn't just Golden. It's not just any one guy or whatever. So there are a lot of reasons why this program has underachieved the last few years and why you have a new head coach right now. So I wouldn't try to put a finger on any one guy or any one position or any one person. What do we make of the new names popping up on the recruiting front? Do we feel that Miami is a real player for these guys? Is it a case of too little too late? And um, I'll tell you, I was up at the Under Armour game, like I said earlier, the last couple days, and the one thing that really impressed me was how some of these high-profile kids around the country feel about Mark Richt. And he's clearly a guy that makes an impression on them, makes an impression on parents. Um, you know, I was talking to Jack Allison's family a little bit, and uh, they've always been very impressed with Mark Richt. Uh, the, Jack wasn't that serious about Georgia because Jacob Eason committed to Georgia very early in the process, so Jack was looking for a different home. But Mark Richt was a guy that impressed them very early on, and nothing changed when Rick came to their house uh, back in December for a home visit, and they're ecstatic about the fact that he's going to be coming to the University of Miami. And Mrs. Allison was working up in Orlando as like the lead recruiter for the Miami Hurricanes. And, you know, every time you turned around, she had a different mom at her side. And she was talking to the different parents about Miami and, um, you know, the, the benefits of, of a private university and the, uh, the small classroom sizes. Uh, if you have a kid that is very good academically and you want academics to be important. And one of those moms that she was speaking to up there happened to belong to Mr. Rashawn Gary, who's the number one defensive tackle in the country that I spoke about, who Mark Rick is trying to get to come visit Miami. And um, so Mrs. Gary, who's advising her son, was very interested in hearing all this information about the university. It, it was a very, very long conversation from what I observed. And um, I think that the Gary camp is doing their homework. And I think there's a decent chance that they will visit Miami in January and that the interest that he's expressing in Miami right now is genuine, even though everybody who covers all the guys that cover recruiting and around the country and stuff are all totally convinced that he's going to Michigan. They think he's a done deal to Michigan. Uh, he uh, you know, told me face-to-face that people say all kinds of things, but that is clearly not the case. He said he's still got visits to take. He's looking at a lot of different schools. This is a kid who has everybody in the country recruiting him, and he can go visit. He's got three visits left. He can go visit anybody he wants, and that's what he's going to work 
once he gets done at the Under Armour game, he's going to sit down with his mom and decide. But I think there's a decent chance that they do visit Miami. Obviously, no guarantees. Um, but, you know, that's one that is certainly alive. And then another kid I spoke to up there, Eli Stove, a real smooth-looking receiver who's committed to Auburn right now. Uh, he's always been a Miami fan. He just wasn't really that seriously recruited by Miami. And he was recruited by Mark Rick to Georgia. And now that Mark Rick's at Miami, um, Eli Stove says he will be making a visit to Miami. And there were others too, and there's going to be more. I, I mean, obviously, they with, with Todd Hartley coming in, he had the keys to the entire recruiting mechanism at Georgia and all these kids that they were recruiting was under his supervision. So he's got the Rolodex, he's got the the contacts and the connections, and I'm sure that there will be more kids that will surface here in the next week or so as Mark Rick builds out his staff. Because if there's one thing that we could say loud and clear, as much as we may love all the guys that are Hurricane players right now, and there are a lot of great men on that team and a lot of very good players. This is a roster that needs a talent upgrade in a, in a big-time way, okay? And there's no sugarcoating it, all right? And that was not a good Washington State team that was pushing them around. And I know it was snowing, but you know what? It was snowing for both teams, all right? And you watched an offensive line that was inept. You watched the defensive line that was getting pushed around. And Miami would have lost that game much worse than it did if the weather conditions didn't get bad because they were they were on the on the verge of breaking when the snowstorm came and Washington State's offense and that scheme of Mike Leach was giving the defense fits and it was going to be very tough for them to stay in that game with the way that the offensive line was playing there was no way they were going to be able to score enough points so this roster needs a serious serious upgrade in terms of quality of talent and i assure you that Mark Rick sees that, and there are a lot of players that they were recruiting at Georgia that I'm fairly certain are higher quality than what Al Golden and t- was recruiting here at, with his staff, and I think you'll see some new faces, like I said, emerge in recruiting. So yes, i rather no, I don't think it's a case of too little too late. I think you've got a lot of these kids with three visit weekends who haven't visited the schools they're considering, you know, that they've been considering. So, yeah, it doesn't help that you're coming in late, but it's certainly doable. I mean, Miami got in this late with Lawrence Cager, and he came here last year. So uh, anything can happen still in recruiting. Then the next question was that was was about um, Whaley, the, the running back from Texas. And he's going to commit to somebody here. Uh, on Saturday at the Under Armour game, there's there's no doubt about that. He he didn't uh, he didn't hide that, and uh, and so he's he's it's going to. I'm guessing that that Devon Whaley is going to commit to Texas. Uh, if not Texas, it might be Arkansas. But he and I had a long conversation up there on Monday, and he told me that even though he was committing, that his dialogue with Mark Richt, who he has a great deal of respect for, was continuing, and that there was a a very good chance that he will visit Miami despite whatever he does Saturday on the commitment front front that he will visit Miami later in January. So that's the update on Devois Whaley. Next question. What's the deal with Jamel cook, the Miami central safety, any shot there? There's rumors of a possible flip. Of course, there's a shot there. He's a, he's a safety from Dade County. Uh, I know he's committed to Florida state, 
but I'm sure a lot will depend on who the new defensive coordinator is and how they bond with him in the last few weeks of recruiting, how home visits go. You know, they'll be able to make a few different home visits with Jamel Cook. But I would imagine that tall, lanky safety for Miami Central is going to be one that they're going to look at. How do we expect Mark Rick to address the lack of personnel and talent at the offensive tackle position? That's a great question. There is no doubt, going along the lines of what I just said, that Miami needs a talent upgraded offensive tackle. What they really need to do is be able to take Trevor Darling and move him to guard where he belongs. He's not a very good tackle. Um, Casey McDermott, probably borderline tackle, might benefit from a move to guard as well. Uh, might be able to hold up at right tackle. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on with Casey. Uh, but he really struggled at times this year. And you're starting to see the price being paid for not redshirting. Okay? And Casey McDermott's going to be a junior next year, and he should be a sophomore. And he should have had a redshirt year, a developmental year, and he was rushed into playing. And so many of these kids were just a- absolutely ruined by the reluctance to redshirt them as true freshmen when they should have been redshirted. And they're paying the price because now they're juniors and they're still very much in developmental mode. And uh, Casey McDermott is certainly one of those. So um, I, I think Miami needs to go get two offensive linemen in this class. I know I know they don't want to. The numbers are very high at that position. They signed a lot of offensive linemen last year. I think they need to go find themselves two tackles. I really do. All right. Um, let's see. Next question. What current Miami commitment has the least pub but the biggest upside and why? I'll tell you, I, I, I've been thinking about that here for like the last half hour or so because I knew I was going to answer the question once I saw the question. And I would have to say right now maybe Zach McLeod. I, I think Zach McLeod is going to be a hell of a linebacker. And he's a little bit under the radar. I, I, Rivals has him rated with with three stars and – you know, I've kind of been, you know, throwing him out there for an elevation for the last six months with, you know, and, and, and that hasn't happened. And I think a lot of the reason is they haven't really seen very much of him. You know, he hasn't been at, at any of the national camps or anything. And so Zach McLeod to the national recruiting guys is a little bit of an unknown, but I, I think he's going to be a great player. And so that would be the guy that I would single out as having a lot of upside. The fact that the defensive coordinator position has not been announced, does that mean Mark Richt is considering someone either on the remaining bowl teams or an NFL coach? And I would say absolutely. That's probably what it means. Because otherwise, he would have named his defensive coordinator already. I feel fairly certain he knows who he wants to hire by now. And uh, you know that person could certainly be an asset in the recruitment of guys like Rashawn Gary and anybody else on defense. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is. I think that coach is still coaching somewhere, and when he's not, that's when he'll be named. Realistic expectations for the upcoming season, man, that is that is way too early, I think, to get into. Um, agree with the questioner that the roster is very thin and weak and that Mark Rick faces an up, uphill battle in year one, changing the culture of the football team and, and building up the talent pool. Uh, but we to try to predict how many games they're going to win. I mean, we don't even know who the recruits are going to be yet. Uh, so I don't I don't think that that we can really 
really do that right now. Offensive line, terrible in the bowl game, as we talked about. What redshirt freshmen, sophomores, can make an impact next year? Well, I think there's several of them that are going to get a shot, too. I mean, uh, Tyree St. Louis would definitely be one big offensive tackle. For some bizarre reason, he falls into that category I was just talking about in that he pl- he played this year when he shouldn't have. Without a doubt, should have been redshirted. An absolute travesty that he's going into his second year next year. But he's one I think you got to look at. Bar Milo could make a move in spring practice. I mean, he, physically... He he looks the part of a college offensive tackle. He did get the red shirt year. He's been able to work in the weight room and develop. And he's one guy that I really want to get a good look at in spring practice and see exactly where he is. I think he's one guy that could make a move. Another I wouldn't give up on, Jahair Jones was brought here as a junior college kid, was thought to be a guy that could help immediately, just wasn't ready. I applaud Al Golden on this one, too, as much as I criticize him on some of the other ones. They redshirted Jahair Jones this year. He still will have two years to play, and I think he's another that could make a move. A a freshman that they felt pretty good about this year, Tyler Gauthier, um, is another that might get a shot in in spring ball to compete for a starting job. And from there, we've got to see if they get anybody else in recruiting. And the last question, and I assume this is a smart Alec question, but I'll address it anyway. Can we get an update on what Mario Cristobal is doing? And it's you know it's funny, and I and I take a lot of flack because you know I'm a big I'm a big Mario guy. I just I respect the guy's work, and I think he does a sensational job everywhere he goes. The guy brings more passion to his job than any human being I've ever seen. He's outworked by nobody. And he's usually pretty successful, and people try to, you know, use FIU and some of those records as an example of not being success- successful. And I'll remind everybody what he inherited was the biggest piece of garbage in the history of college football that he had to rebuild. Number one, and number two, they played four money games every year. So, you know, that he, that until he got the roster built up, they weren't going to win. And then they went to Louisville and they upset Louisville with Teddy Bridgewater and those guys, which was probably the signature victory of his time at FIU, uh, even though they had the the, the bowl game experience and stuff. But uh, Mario Cristobal is playing in the national semifinals, okay, on um, tomorrow night. He won the National Offensive Line Coach of the Year Award this year. His offensive line which I'm sure will be counted on to maul Michigan State tomorrow night, was named Offensive Line of the Year. And then a year ago, he was named National Recruiter of the Year. That's pretty a pretty accomplished guy. So there's your Mario Cristobal update, and, and you know nothing personal there or anything. But that's why I felt maybe the biggest mistake of the Al Golden era was allowing Mario Cristobal to go to Alabama. And I'm saying that Blake James and Al Golden should not have even let him get on the airplane. And, you know, if, if there's ever a valued coach here again, you know, maybe a Craig Kuligowski develops into that kind of guy. If he can come in here and build up the offensive line, maybe that's a guy you don't want to leave. And maybe Nick Saban or one of these rock star head coaches comes strolling in thinking he's going to come just take your best guy and walk off into the night. Hopefully they learn from that experience, and you do what you got to do. You do it quickly. 
you don't let that guy get on the airplane. All right, let's move on with the show. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And we begin tonight in the 845, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, Greg, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? You got to talk for a minute here. I got to take a drink of water, man. That was that, that was that was a long way to go. I was. All right. Um, I just wanted to start out talking about this kid, Gary. Uh, you've interviewed a ton of kids over the years. How sincere do you think that kid was in that interview? Very. Do you think there's any chance he could come to Miami? Yes, he's very sincere. Um, not just the interview you saw that I taped and, and, and put online, but we also spoke privately uh, because exactly what you're talking about, I wanted to qualify before I did the interview because I wasn't going to sit there and put up this interview with the number one defensive tackle in the country, potentially considering Miami, if he was just blowing a bunch of smoke up, up everyone's butt. And uh, so we talked in advance of doing the interview and he explained the situation to me. I saw that he was sincere. He had just spent, a considerable amount of time the night before on the phone from Orlando with Mark Richt. So there's constant dialogue going on. His mother is, has been in communication with people at Miami. She was sitting there on the sidelines talking to Jack Allison's mom for at least 20, 30 minutes about the university of Miami. So, you know, I put it all. You know, you put it all together, and there was no reason to believe that the kid was anything but sincere. Then you start talking to the kid, and he's one of the more intelligent recruits you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, he's a three point nine. He's a three point nine student. He's very serious about his academics. That's why he's considering Michigan, which is a strong academic school, and that's why he's going to consider Miami because it's a private school with small class sizes. And this is a kid that's serious because of the upbringing that he had from his mom who is very serious about academics. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a chance. I mean, everybody in the country is recruiting this guy, Craig. It's it's far from a slam dunk. I mean, he maybe at the end of the day he doesn't even visit. I don't know. But I do think his interest is genuine. I think there's going to be a lot more conversation uh, here in the coming days. And uh, we'll just have to keep monitoring it. Okay. Miami will never be Miami again until we start getting kids like that. I equate this to... Miami getting D.J. Williams years ago. Um, but the only thing about Gary is Jim Harbaugh hired his high school coach last year, and he's on the staff at Michigan, and his best and a good friend of his is Jabril Peppers. So I think that's going to be a, an awful long shot. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah, but on. let me tell you something, Greg. I, I don't disagree, and, and I know everybody feels that way, probably because of those facts. But I'm telling you, what I saw from my own eyes it, on all the fronts that I just described to you is not a kid who has his, who has his mind made up already. Well, I hope you're right. All right. Well, well I respect your opinion. I'm not saying he's coming. I'm not saying he's going no, to Miami, I know, I know, I know. but I'm telling you, based on what I saw and heard with my own eyes and ears, the different areas I described, this is not a kid that's a done deal anywhere right now. Okay, now you were up at the uh, Under Armour. Would you uh, say uh, Mullins is a receiver type like Stacy Coley? Um. 
probably not quite as explosive yet as Stacy Coley, you know, in terms of raw speed, but he's getting quicker. And I'll tell you, he he was impressive up there. I'm I'm trying to think who I can compare him to for you, um, but uh, you know, he's not as lean as Stacy Coley. He's a little bit more of a thick receiver, uh, but he's coming. I mean, he's been working hard. He got invited to the Under Armour game, and he didn't want to go up there and be a look. You know, be um, I don't know what the right word is to use, but he didn't play oh, high school. Match. Yeah, he didn't play high school football this year. Okay, right. so obviously there was some rust, and he didn't want to go up there and look like uh, like he didn't belong. That that's the best way to describe it. And he's been working out hard apparently the last couple months to get ready to go to the Under Armour game. And I'm telling you, I, I mean, I was very impressed by what I saw. Uh, you got a few clips that I put on the on the website today if you if you want to take a look. Um, right, the, I in, saw them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we, we, no, we I just wanted stuff. to ask you about. Jack Allison, how do you compare him to Kaya's arm strength? Comparable. Uh, another guy that I was very impressed with that continues to improve. When Jack Allison is throwing the ball down the field, to me, he's as good as any of these young high school quarterbacks that are coming out in the, in the country. He, he, he certainly was standing out at the Under Armour practices. The only time I saw him break down a little bit was when he was, was throwing passes laterally from side to side, and sometimes he would throw high, sometimes he would throw a little low. He's going to have to work on that, obviously. I mean, he's not coming into college a polished All-American quarterback. They they all have things to work on. Um, but throwing the ball down the field, he's got great velocity, he's got good touch, and you know he's a tall presence in the pocket so he can see the field. I was very impressed with Jack. All right. Now, one uh, one last thing. What what do you, have you heard anything about Corey Raymond? Is that it? Have any possibility? I spoke to people at LSU when his name started to be rumored, and the response I got was that it would be very surprising if he made a lateral move, and they don't necessarily see him as a defensive coordinator. He's never been a coordinator. Um, they don't see him being that type of coach. And so based on everything that they told me, I've kind of cooled on the on the idea, and we haven't really been pursuing it very much. And other than some Twitter rumors, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, I've been traveling the last few days a lot and stuff, but other than some tr- Twitter rumors, I haven't seen anything of any significance from any credible person whatsoever that would suggest that he's going to be Miami's defensive coordinator. All right. Okay, now one uh, sorry, one last point. Um, how much do you think the coach has to do with the kid coming to a school versus the university itself? Because I'm saying this kid, the running back from Texas, committed to Georgia, and he loved Mark Rick, and he liked the running back coach, and then he decommitted when they left, and now he's going to re- he said he might commit to Arkansas or Texas. Why wouldn't he commit to Miami if Rick and never Brown been. are going to be in place and he loves them so much? He's never been to Miami. He doesn't know. He doesn't know a darn thing about Miami. I, I think he wants to put on a show on TV. <laughs> you know, to be honest, oh. I, I think you know he wants he wants his uh, two three minutes on national TV on Saturday to get up there and do his thing, and so he's going to go make his commitment. But. Uh, 
if he ends up visiting Miami, which I think he will, because he does have a very good relationship with with Thomas Brown, and he has a, he 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 does have a lot of affection for Mark Richt, and I think he will visit Miami in January. And if he decides that Miami is better than the other school that he committed to, then he'll switch. But I think he wants his couple minutes on national TV on Saturday. All right, Gary. Thank you. Once Anytime. Again, Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's go to the 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Hello? That's you. Hey, Gary. How are you? First Doing time good. Who's this? Oh, who's this? This is Rhino Kane. Hey, what's up, Rhino? Glad glad to hear your voice. Welcome to the show, yeah. and uh, hope you enjoy your experience. What can we do for you? What do you got for us? Um, I just had a couple questions. Um, I know I, I saw the update that you guys put out with the, with the four new coaches. Uh, I was also going to ask about Corey. Uh, I forgot the last name. The, Corey the Raymond? LSU guy. Yeah. Um, any chance he would entertain the, the DB role? Because I know he's the DB coach at LSU right now. Don't know. I mean, we we, we thought that Hartley was going to take that role. So, Mm-hmm. You know, it's all up in the air right now. You know, Rick is Rick mm-hmm. is keeping himself flexible on this thing. He's he's committed to these four guys, but you know, in the case of his son and Harley, he hasn't assigned positions yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was all. But you can only have really nine guys. You, you can only have nine guys that are hands on on the field. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well let's, see. I was just curious because I, I saw and I, I I saw you guys put out a uh, state of the U. Uh, thing on him possibly, and I know that I didn't think he would be a, a defensive coordinator option, but yeah. So why would he leave LSU? I mean, why would he leave LSU to come to come to Miami? You yeah. know, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. really make a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I, I know I was, I was about Les Miles' long term status there and all that, but Corey Raymond's not going to be struggling to find a job. So oh, no. he has no reason to panic and 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 run away from LSU now. If he was going to be yeah. a defensive coordinator, he'd go in a heartbeat, you know. But mm-hmm. but why would that make sense for Miami to make him the defensive coordinator? He's never been a coordinator before. Yeah. Why would Mark Richt, who's going to lean on that guy so hard, so and so much? Why would Mark Richt want to hire a guy that's never been a coordinator before? That's not. Mm-hmm. And Mark Richt's never done that. Mark Richt has always gone after the top of the line defensive coordinators. Some have worked out for him. Some haven't. You know, the the last guy he hired up at Georgia wanted his job a little too much, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't. Um, to me, it, it doesn't make any sense, and I haven't, mm-hmm. heard, I haven't heard a thing to suggest that he's going to be the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think he would be a defensive coordinator option, and then I heard the yeah. this caller well, mention him as a defensive coordinator. And I thought that was a little bit jumping the gun with, with uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to be too definitive here. Big role for him. I don't want to be too definitive because anything can happen. I mean, anything goes yeah. right now with these coaching moves and and the former coaches and new coaches. And uh, there's a reason why only four of the nine slots have been filled to this point, and that's because there's yeah. a lot on the table and a lot being considered. So I wouldn't say never to anything, um, but mm-hmm. what happens in most of these cases? Is one guy throws something out there at a left field on Twitter with absolutely no no clue whatsoever what's going on, and everybody starts yeah. retweeting 
you know, people retweet it, they start posting it in different places, and everybody starts to think that it's true. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's the problem with Twitter and people that rely yeah. on Twitter for information. I mean, every now and then, you know, you're going to get something before it's confirmed or accurate or, or, or universally considered accurate or whatever every now and then. But uh, in a lot of cases, you're going to get a lot of real bad stuff that you're going to be believing is true. And then you're going to start yeah. telling people about it like it is true. And what it becomes is it becomes a cesspool of a bunch of nonsense, you know? That's so. the perfect uh, definition of Twitter. That's why I do, I yeah, do not say it. I do not bullshit. have a Twitter account. I don't, I don't like it. That's why I, I get all my, my updates from, from you guys, I actually have a friend who's in Miami, and I always tell him what's going to happen before it happens. From all, all the stuff I hear from you, I, I texted him the day after the show that we did on Tuesday before Rick was hired, and I said, be on the lookout for Mark Bricks. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I was like, trust me. And he was like, okay. And then three hours later, it's, he's like, dude, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually thought of something. Um, I'm assuming everyone's going to be talking about recruiting since no one really wants to talk about that bowl game. Um, who made the call to have uh, a South Florida running back throw the ball in the snow? <laughs> oh, that was, uh, you know, that, I mean, that was Coach Coley's <laughs> call. I don't know if Larry Scott consulted on it or whatever, but, you know, they, they had to play in the game plan and they believed in it. It worked yeah. well in practice. Yeah, obviously, it was it was a little flawed. Doing it in 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 a, in a driving snowstorm, but they felt like they had yeah. the wind. They were they were throwing with the wind, and and they mm-hmm. felt like the Yerby would be okay making the throw. And the the ball just it slipped out of the kid's hand. Yeah. I mean, if if, yeah. if it doesn't slip out of his hand and he makes the throw, and and Kaya was making throws with the wind behind his back. If it doesn't if yeah. it doesn't slip out of his hand and he makes the throw. James Coley's a hero. Wow, what a great call! Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> when, when you're a coordinator, you live by the sword and die by the sword. Now. If yeah. he's ever in that situation again, as a, and he's a oh, coordinator sure. again, and he's in a driving snowstorm, I can pretty much assure you he's not calling that halfback. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see you hear me throwing the ball in a snowstorm. I don't like watching Miami play in a snowstorm. I, I was worried about that game. They had a couple chances to win it. The that inter the fluke interception, and then the Coley return. I didn't know that blocking somebody at the hip was below the waist. By Trevor Darling, yeah. that yeah, one there really was a lot of, there was a lot of silly stuff that, that that went on that really hurt Miami in that game. But let me tell you one other yeah. thing that I think affected that call that nobody's think is even thinking about. Miami's offensive line was getting the living daylight speed out of them. Okay, yes. and and my guess with the game on the line there and a chance to to score a touchdown and and get the lead that there was a little bit of tentativeness over whether they could put a drive together and go score with the way the offensive line was getting manhandled. And they, they, that, that might've affected why they looked for the cheap opportunity to hit a trick play and get the points that way. And that's something that I haven't heard anybody discuss that came to my mind. And that might've Mm -hmm. influenced James James Coley's play call as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll let some other guys get on. It's a pleasure talking to you, Gary. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call again next time. Let's go to the 484 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hey, it's Philly. Hey, what's up, Philly? Welcome back. What you got this week? Hey, it's got, oh, I got to um, uh, correct you on one thing. Um, 
when Van Gorder had left Georgia to go to the Falcons, um, Mark Ray actually promoted from inside. He promoted William Martinez from linebacker coach, no, DB coach, to defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. So he ended up having, like, to fire him. Actually, the administration had made him fire him because they were basically like, you know, he didn't want to let him go, and that's when he went and got Pruitt. But he didn't really always try to get the top of the top. You well, know, before Pruitt, he had Todd Grantham. He had, he had, he, he, I'm going to correct you back. <laughs> because before yeah. Pruitt, he, he he had Todd Grantham, who was a very highly regarded guy, and Louisville hired oh, him. Yeah, away. At, uh, yeah Louisville hired, hired him for a million, yeah, for a million yeah, dollars Grantham. a year. Grantham was horrible. Well, nobody yeah, yeah, he, he might have been a little horrible, but he was considered one of the top defensive coordinators in college football. They paid him a million dollars a year. And uh, and Louisville, well, no, he was only, I think he was making seven hundred at Georgia, and then Louisville came in and stole him for a million dollars a year, and now he's coaching at Louisville. Um, and then yeah. they replaced him with Pruitt, who was another guy that was considered one of the top defensive coordinators in college football. But, and they paid Pruitt, but that I think, was, but that was more that was more the the administration, and I think it was like like uh, Vince Dooley than like Mark Rick's decision to bring those guys in. I mean, even with even with um, Ty Grant, yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I, I don't yeah. know about all the internal politics of Georgia, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just hoping. But, I'm just I'm just hoping that you know we're that he's waiting on you know somebody like you know maybe after the Southern Southern Cal game, Wisconsin game, he's like going to hire Dave Aranda. He's not waiting for January 1st to hire Willie Martinez or um, John Jansic from Tennessee. I don't think that's the case. I really don't think that's the case, and I agree with you. I mean, this is a hire that has to count. And it better be a guy that's a that's a dude. I mean, this better be a guy yeah. that can get the job done. This program can't go on the way it's gone on. I don't have to tell you guys that. You know, yeah. this is this is the franchise on the line right now. These kids that are that are coming out of high school, they were in virtu- almost in diapers the last time Miami was relevant in college football. And right now, with Mark Rick coming in, having been at Georgia, and with the way that people feel about him, this is Miami's shot right here, right now, to get back in the game. Okay, and and it's a clean slate, and he has to make these hires count. Has to. I like. Yeah, Thomas. definitely. Thomas Brown's a good hire. He's a young, young coach, a young running backs coach that had success with the running backs um, this past year up at Georgia. Did a good job with Sony Michelle. Uh, he's a guy that can recruit. I think he's a good hire. Um, obviously, um, really like the Kuligowski hire. He's going to be the best defensive yeah, line coach. Yeah, I think I think the the, the, the coach Cole hire was like the the, the the grand slam home run because I yeah. think that you know, and I posted on the board that that Miami definitely has to get back to you know having a, a dominant defensive line. I mean, well, but basically on both sides, offensive line, defensive line, and I think you know one thing that that definitely helped FSU you know get back into it because I think Jimbo. And as well as Odell Hagan's, you know, focused on building that defensive lineup. And with Odell Hagan's track record, they've been able to attract some of the best defensive line talent um, out of high school. And I think, you know, having Coach Cool, you know, when bringing, say, like a Rashawn Gary, he can show Rashawn, you know, look at the guys I produce. Look at, you know, not only the defensive ends, but uh, C.J. Mosley, you know, Sheldon Richardson. And even, like, last year when they got the five-star kid out of Missouri, Terry Buckner, you know, he has a true freshman. He had, like, 27 tackles, eight tackles for loss, and three sacks. So he can show him, like, look, I did, you know, I had a true freshman, and he came in producing, you know, and I can put you in the position to do the same thing and, and direct you to the league. So I think that was a a, a, a great grand slam, grand slam hire. 
I mean, you got to keep building on about. it. You can't stop there. He's he's got to keep building on it. He's got five more hires to make, and he's got to make every one of them count. Whether he I brings mean, a guy in Larry do. Scott back or not or doesn't or whatever, he has to make these five hires count. They must get back to having a top of the line coaching staff. Yeah, I mean one one thing one one thing I don't I mean I, I think you can definitely I think you can go to um, the coordinator without the like established coordinator route but get somebody who would play a position coach or even a cold defensive coordinator you know I'm not sure um, you know how much of, about Corey Raymond I mean I know there's been stuff not not just on Twitter but even on LSU sites and other sites there's been like LSU reporters are saying stuff like you know he may not be back or you know he may be leaving for a defensive coordinator position somewhere but they haven't said you know where. But I mean, even like I had put on, I had put on the boards, even like a, um, a Harlan Barnett or a Mike Trussell from Michigan State. You know, one of those guys, they're both you know co-defensive coordinators, and they've been running that same defense with Mike D'Antonio, and even when um, um Narduzzi was there, they've been running that same defense for like nine, ten years. You know, back when they went to Cincy and Michigan State, and I think you know bringing somebody like Mike Trussell down to uh, Miami and him and Coach Cole, along with, you know, getting maybe a secondary coach and uh, a library coach can really have that defense, you know, rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we'll definitely, you know, see about that. I, one last question, and just keep me on hold. Um, in terms of recruiting, you know, who like who do you feel? Um, I know maybe too early. I know you know, won't get too, a true sense of it until they start having visits. But is there anybody who you feel um, could be a potential flip you know, from another school or just, you know, anywhere that somebody might have started. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eli Stove, who I mentioned earlier, I think he's a potential flip uh, for sure. Um, let me think. Um, I think, you know, Devois Whaley is a potential flip at, at the running back position. Um, well, I think Amon Richards, who was once a commit, who's not a commit, I think could flip back to Miami. Without question, um, going off the top of my head here, uh, O line I don't really know right now. D line we've talked, we've spoken about Gary. I think there'll there'll be other guys. Uh, you know, keep an eye on Jordan Woods, defensive end out of Ocala. Um, he's a guy that that should be visiting. Uh, I think linebackers are in pretty good shape. Um, DBs, obviously, you know about probably know about Malik Young. Uh, he's the guy that was a Georgia commit who's going to visit. And we spoke about Jamel Cook earlier, committed to FSU. He could flip. Um, but yeah, there's going to be others. There, once as the staff takes form, there's going to be more guys that are going to come out of left field uh, that I think are going to visit Miami and consider Miami. And uh, a lot of them will, will be long shots, no doubt. You know, it's very hard to come in here at, at this point. And, and and get guys, but um, I do think that there will be some guys to flip. Okay, I think I think we lost you, uh, so I'm gonna I'll move on to the next caller. Let's go out to the seven seven zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up? Doing good. Who's this? This Green in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm good. Happy I'm New good. Year. How about uh, doing same good. Happy to you. Happy New Year. Same to you. Same to you. Just excited about Rick. I want to touch on what you said about Washington State being a bad team. They they lost their first game against Portland and then won the next five out of six against Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona, 
they could have beat Stanford if the referees didn't steal that game. I don't know if you saw it, but they made a bad call. Those referees should have really been fired. Stanford fumbled the ball, and they reviewed it and let Stanford keep it on a clear fumble. They beat UCLA, Colorado, and just about everybody. You know, they had three losses. All right, fair, so that, fair that enough. Was a pretty good, that was a pretty fair. pretty darn good team. Fair enough. And, um, I'll, I'll call I them an average. I'll call them an show. average team. I'll upgrade. Well, I'm not you just, know, I'm we not lost. Sit here and tell you they're a great team. They're not a great team. No, I ain't gonna. They're, t- well, they, they're a decent. They were a decent team. I, you're you're right. Well, I, I I shouldn't. I, I was a but, little strong in the other direction. But let me let, let me put it this way: they was much pretty much better than mostly everybody in that coaster who we lost to. A mm. lot better. So we was we was up against um you know a much more a well coached team. Let me say that. And I, my thing is, I think our kids, some of them might perform better now that our coaches have underperformed. That's what I think. So we have to give these kids a chance with some coaches who are supposed to be um, competent. You know, then we can judge them after next year because they're going to be getting, I guess, Rick is putting together a, a pretty good staff. And we're going to see how they pan out after getting, you know, coached up a little bit. Then we can judge those kids. Because I don't know if you agree or not, those, you know, you talk about the offensive linemen we need, I, more offensive linemen. I remember looking at nothing but four stars. If there's one thing we recruited over the last, what, three years was offensive linemen, Gary. We get too many of them. And it's a bunch of them on the team. I think we should be able to turn, you know, some of them into good players and go too deep on that offensive line. Know, but we need I, defensive I, tackles. I mean, maybe it's maybe. I mean, well, no, I had this opinion before I was up at the, up at the Under Armour game, but I'm I'm telling you, th- there is no comparison between the linemen that Miami's recruiting and the linemen that some of these better teams around the country are recruiting: Oklahoma, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, there's no comparison. I, but I get that now, as, as after you look at how our offensive linemen has been performing once they got to the yeah. U.S. But if you go back and look at some of these kids on our team, these kids was highly recruited. And who's to say if they would have chose to go somewhere else, like a lot of these players that we watch go to other schools and start as true freshmen and leave in three years and get coached up? You know, Teddy Bridgewater, Patrick Peterson, who, you know, the, the, I can, you know, I go on and on. A lot of kids. Okay, but here, here's what I'm going to tell you. None of the kids that were signed, they I think they signed, what, six offensive linemen last year? Something like that. I'd have to uh-huh. look at the list to get the exact number if I'm wrong. But um, none of those guys were recruited by any of these top teams around the country that I'm talking about. You know, I mean, Alabama's, for example, top offensive line in the country. They weren't recruiting any of, any of those five or six guys that signed last year. Auburn, Auburn wasn't recruiting them. Oklahoma wasn't recruiting them. Michigan State, which probably has the second best offensive line right now, they weren't recruiting them. So it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know, I, well, I just know we had a lot of four stars and a lot of kids that was highly rated coming out. I know a lot. I don't know if Alabama recruited them or not. I like I take the word on that, but they was pretty. I know they was pretty highly rated, and we wanted them bad, and we got them. And they can't perform. Uh, just like, you know, Chad Thomas, I know he was highly recruited. He could have went to Alabama. But people, you know, I hear people talk about him like he ain't, you know, 
He ain't that good. No, the coaches ain't that good. He ain't putting in a position yeah, well, to be good. And, and, Look at the and other he, sh- he should have been redshirted. He should be going well, into his maybe. sophomore year next year. Should be. Should be. But all that is coaches' decisions. You know, I all agree. that comes from the head coach. So I, I blame all of that. The coaching change. Yeah, and um, I'm just I'm just excited. You know, I ain't going to get – hey, at first, like I said, I was one of the guys who wanted push, but once they hired Mark Rick, I was on board immediately after, you know, thinking about the potential and, and what he brings to the table. I was instantly on board, and I'm just excited. I'm waiting to see who he brings in there, and uh, let's go Canes. All right, man. You later, Gary. Appreciate it. Yep. Hey, thanks All for right. being part of the show, and Happy New Year again. Let's go to the uh, – Yes, sir. Um, as soon as this board stops going hold. crazy, you got it. Trying to put you on hold. The, the the board's going nuts on me here. Let's go to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Carlos. How you doing? Hey, Carlos. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. A couple of um, quick things. Number Okay, number one. Um, Sam Bruce. He had an Ohio State hat and everybody or cap today, and everybody was going crazy. Anything of that? Yeah, I I, I hate that stuff. Like, you know, and Sam Bruce is a really nice kid. I don't know why. Like, why is he doing that? You know, it's like why is he playing? Like, there's no reason to be playing games with people. I mean, he gets all the attention you could ever want. I mean, he doesn't need to go wearing an Ohio State cap at the Under Armour game to get people to pay attention to him. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I'm disappointed. That's uh, you know, I, I, the kid's a really nice kid. I mean, we, we, you know, I was with him the last couple of days, and we were talking quite a bit. And I really like Sam Bruce. Um, I, I wish he he didn't do stuff like that. It, it's it, it's not necessary. Um, another quick point: Are we seeing the future of UM at the Under Armour with um, Jack at quarterback, and then Bruce on one side and Mullins on the other side? Well, they're not they all, all on the same, same team. No, they're not all on the same side. Mullins is with Jack. Bruce is on the other team. Uh, but it's a darn good start with those three. Those, you know, I mean, it's three very good players. Oh, okay, cool. Um, over there at the All American, I mean, at the Army All American game. Um, any anybody over there that you think that might jump on board with Miami? You know what? I've been so focused on this Orlando one. I I haven't really studied the roster. Uh, I'd have to look at it. I'll try to I'll try to pull it up here while while we're doing the show. And uh, I know Isaac Nada's out there. Uh, I don't think that's as dead as it was as it's being portrayed. You know, not not out of the question um, that he could factor into Miami. Um, but I gotta look at the roster. I'm gonna try to pull it up and answer that. You got any, anything else tonight? Yeah, yeah. The last, last thing is, is that I honestly believe that what Ricks is doing is like basically saying, you know what, we can't put Miami in the SEC, SEC, but I can bring a whole SEC squad of coaches over here, not only to recruit, but just to make Miami another powerhouse. And I believe, I mean, you you got to give it to him. I mean, he played against the best. So he's trying to recruit all these coaches from the best schools. I'm pretty sure he's not going to get an offensive coordinator from Memphis or or a defensive coordinator from Houston. You know, he's not going to go to these schools. He's going to go to the best conference and pull everybody from there. I what what are the chances of Cristobal at all as a co offensive coordinator? I don't 
I don't think they're because good. Because honestly, he's not gonna he's not gonna get a true offensive coordinator because he wants to call the play. So he's got to get. I mean, you you think of Cristobal and you say, okay, great recruiter. It's an upgrade from offensive line to co-offensive coordinator. That's probably um, what it would know. take. It, it would probably take a move like that to get him. And and if Mark Rick called him up and said, hey, I want you to come home to Miami. I want I'm going to give you the co-offensive coordinator title. And we'll start getting you involved in game planning and help you help you progress in your career, so that maybe that that'll help you down the road get a head coaching job. Um, I could see potentially Mario Cristobal being interested in that, but beyond and I, that, and I can why see would you it though because he's, he's, he's got everything he could ever want at Alabama. And I can see it because Rich just tell him, listen, I plan on retiring in five years. You be my offensive coordinator. We win a couple titles here, and then you take over. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. I mean, it's it, it sounds like a great dream scenario. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I think it's a long shot, but I don't know one way or the other whether they've had any conversations with each other. Right now, Cristobal is you know in that national semifinal game tomorrow night. I'm sure that's where his total focus is. Okay, gotcha. I just I just think Rich is pulling in an all SEC coaching coaching squad, so I think Good. he's just waiting for some of these games. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, he is. That's what I definitely I'll tell you what, though, so if co- Mark Rick did do what you just described, I think it would be a great move on his part. I mean, I think that's a guy that you would want in the program if you could get him in the program. Definitely, definitely. I would love it. I'm not like bashing Cristobal like everybody else is. I think he's a great recruiter, and I'm tired of seeing all these superstars from Miami with his name next to them, getting them to Alabama. So, you know, bring them well, down here and get some of these guys over here. I mean, other than, you know, Ridley, I mean, there really haven't been that many of them, to be honest, that, that you know, he, he's he's made his mark in recruiting around the country. You know, I mean, he's recruited phenomenal offensive linemen. I mean, right now the focus is on those guys playing because they just won the National Offensive Line of the Year Award. But he's got that another you know, six to ten guys behind those guys that he's recruited, and Alabama's going to have a great offensive line for the for the next you know five six years for sure, just on what he's already recruited there the last couple of years. So uh, he knows how to do it. There's no doubt about it. You know, people for whatever reason uh, love to hate on him and hate on anybody that compliments him or whatever, but uh, he's a guy that can get it done, no doubt about it. Okay, awesome. so, answer, so you don't think answer, Bruce flips, uh, right? Uh, you know, not based opinion? on the conversations we've been having the last few days. I mean, unless the kid's a pathological liar and, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I spent a lot of time talking to him up there in Orlando. I mean, he, he didn't sound to me like a kid that was wavering or, you know, I mean, he, you know, I, he told I me, mean, I didn't, he said, he says to me, I didn't commit to Miami because of Al Golden or, or Kevin Beard or whatever. I committed to Miami because I want to go to Miami. And, you know, he is taking a few visits, uh, no doubt about that. But uh, I got the impression that those are more like little mini vacations. You know, it's a chance to go see something new and be pampered and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it would have uh, been worse if he would have had a Florida hat instead of Ohio State. Then it would have been. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I wish he didn't do that. I don't know why kids do that. There's no, There's nothing to be gained by doing that kind of thing. But uh, before I let you go, I, I do want to answer – the question you asked, I'm looking at the the roster right now for the game out in San Antonio. Jamel Cook, who we talked about, he's out there. Yep. Um, Mikol Hardman, 
is out there. He's that receiver defensive back from Georgia that had a great visit to Miami the weekend of the Nebraska game and was also being recruited by Georgia. And I still think that there's a chance that he could factor in here to Miami in the, in the last month of recruiting. Um, I mentioned Isaac Nada. He's out there. And then there's some Miami, some of the Miami commits are out there like, you know, Tyler Bird and uh, Shaq Quarterman. And uh, so there's a few guys to keep an eye on out there at the Army game. Uh, Benjamin Victor is out there. Malik Young, who we talked about, who was committed to Georgia, who's going to visit Miami. He's out there in in the Army game. Uh, So there's several guys to keep an eye on out there. Oh, awesome. All right, I appreciate it. If you keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go now to the 770. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Mr. Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is James in Atlanta, my man. Hey, what's up, James? How you doing all right? Haven't spoken to you in a few weeks, man. Been out and about. Hope you're having a good holidays and everything. Yeah, doing well, doing well. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and start with, man, is uh, <clears throat> with that game, you know, just watching the kids and watching the coaching staff, I just I just want to just ask you a question. One of the questions is that, I mean, I know you're real close to them and everything, but how much will that you say of the talent that you send on the team, especially with the offensive line and defensive line, that is it still some of the schemes and some of the things that with the kids being in the wrong positions and things like that, that when a new coaching staff come in, that maybe some of these things change can make some of those kids better. Because, you know, I hate to put a lot of the blame on them and say they're not talented because you don't want to say that about a lot of kids, but we know some of them not supposed to be there. And I think you might have touched on it earlier. But if you don't mind, if you mind repeating that again or say, give me a opinion well, on it. I think we're we're going to find out in nine months, to be honest with you. you got all new coaches coming in. You're going to have a whole new philosophy, whole new program coming into play. And come the beginning of September, they're going to strap it on again and, and go start playing games. And, and we'll see if Chad Thomas and Quan Muhammad and these guys suddenly show up as much better players. Right, because one thing I did hate to see is just, especially when you're speaking, when everybody speaks to Chad Thomas, that the best game I've seen that dude play was after you wrote that column up about how he played so bad in that one game. I think. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And, and right. I'm like, this, this dude played better for a sports writer than for the coaches and for his team. I'm like, that was the one game he truly responded in. He was a whole different animal that week. You're absolutely right. Man, I mean, this dude picked himself up off the ground and plays down. Yeah, I don't know if somebody read it to him, but he was a whole different beast that week. And then he was never like that again the rest of the season. It it, it, it was almost like, I'm going to show Gary, I'm going to show whoever that is, and boom, that was it. He did. He did that week. But I I don't understand. Like, you know, I don't understand it. I mean, I mean, and sometimes I feel like even for this bowl game, maybe you should have wrote something bad about the whole offensive line. Maybe that would have worked also. They, they would say we're going to show Gary this week. <laughs> but they, yeah, but they, uh, they were but, bad. Yeah, so I just, I just want to touch on that game, man. It's just I don't know if them. It's sometimes you just them kids seem like they were just half-heartedly into it a little bit. And, I mean, either way, that offensive line couldn't block the snow that was coming down. So it just was ridiculous to me. Um, but another thing that I just wanted to touch on, I guess, with everything is that uh, 
And uh, one thing I've been reading on the message board is the one thing I guess going on with um, Sam Bruce. And and I know he would have had today. And I know this guy just talked about it, but and a lot of people talk about his size and he ain't this. But I'm just like I'm not addicted to some of the guys that coming into some of these programs that are just big guys. I understand a lot of times on our message board and callers call into you and say, we need those big backs, we need those big receivers, but a lot of times a lot of those guys don't perform. I mean, if you look at some of the best athletes and the best running backs, a lot of them barely six foot. And you might have an exception like with Derrick Henry now, six three or – and, you know, we got some guys that are pretty big, but most of them are going to average around maybe 6'1 to like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, so I don't think we got a bad group of athletes that's coming there. I just think to a sense that we just, our core, our heart of our team and on our offensive line and defensive line is what's the part that's not holding anything. We can't get to quarterbacks on the defensive side. And on the offensive side, we can't keep anybody on the defensive side of the field. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I like bigger receivers. Uh, you know, I don't like. Yeah. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of short receivers. Sam Bruce is an exception, uh, but I, I think he's going to be a specialist. I, I think it's going to be hard for a guy like that to go out there and be your number one receiver, for example. Right, and, and I think in most cases you don't expect nobody. I mean, sometimes of that size to come in and be there, but they are that lethal weapon or could be that X factor. I mean, because when I think of Sam Bruce, I think about him as a, as I think of Santana Moss or Devin Hester or Roscoe Parrish and some of those guys that probably wasn't that big in statue, but they was explosive on the field. They they created so many mismatches. So sometimes I just feel like some people just run them in the ground like, oh, we don't need them guys. They're too small. Yeah, we do because they are talented. And this guy, especially Sam, seems a little bit more ahead of the game mentally than some of the players I think that are out there on the recruiting board. I mean, I don't care what school you're going to, but he mm-hmm. seems like a great little young man, a great young man. Yes. I feel like that really helped this team, and he can come in and be a leader on that side of the ball with that receiving group because there is no leaders on that wide receiver basically over the team at all. But you need somebody who's going to create that field to challenge other people and make them rise up around you that can rub off on some other players. And we and I just think he could be a good person that can bring that also with the new coaching staff and all the changes going on. Yep, no doubt. So All right, man, you got anything else? Okay. No, that'll be it, my man. Just uh you have a good new year, man. You make sure you stay out of trouble down there where you at. I'm gonna try <laughs> real hard. <laughs> thanks for being <laughs> thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is D Black. D Black, how you doing this week? Been, been all right. I've been away for a couple of weeks. I've been I've been listening to the show. I just uh, you know, been pressed one the past couple of weeks. Did you make it over to um did you make it to El Paso? <laughs> nah, I didn't. All right. I, I did. I did. I didn't make it. I watched the game, though. I did watch the game. Let me give a shout-out to my man, uh, Kane Kane. And, uh, God, I forgot the other brother's name, Kane, but let him know I said what's up. Um, I watched the game. Um, a couple of things I took from the game is, one, we definitely need a bat that can take, that can, that's a threat to take to the house on any given play. 
we definitely we definitely need that. Not saying there's anything wrong with the backs that we have, but we don't have the back with that with that fifth gear. That's a threat. To hit his no head doubt. On the, hit his head on the goalpost every time he touches the ball. Um, I've seen a little bit of fire in Kaya after he took a couple of sacks. I've seen him kind of ripping one of his offensive linemen, and that was a, that was that was um, definitely good to see. Um, and recruiting, when we recruit on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I'm definitely not going to talk about the D-line because everybody knows that's what we need, D-tackles. But I still can't remember the last time we had a D-tackle that had more than four or five sacks in a game. It's been a long time. I mean, not in the game, in the season, sorry, in the season. Um, and can we recruit some corners that are invested Run support that, that's invested in coming up and making the tackle to assist in, in run support. You know, that's why, you know, Virginia Tech corners are very good at that for years. For yeah, years, they, Virginia Tech. They got to get better Virginia, across the board. Hey, I got to ask yeah, you Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, I need your help for a minute, D Black. I, sure, I, just got an email. Sure, sure. I, I just got an email from one of the guys out of Purdue who's uh, – Telling me that it's their sense out there that Mark D'Onofrio is going to be hired as their defensive coordinator, <laughs> and he's saying to me, "I've not heard anything positive about the guy as a coach or a person. What do you think? Appreciate it, <laughs> and I don't know what to say." <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, you for a second. Uh, what, well, tell him what you always used to tell us—that he's a very nice guy. Maybe not the best coach in the world, or maybe not be the best defensive coach schematic-wise, but he's a very nice guy, and we're happy that they're getting him. I mean, <laughs> okay. tell him that. Right, let I mean, we're happy that. Miami fans are happy you, know, you were getting him. Okay, I got it. There you go. We're happy that we that he's getting him, but definitely we need some corners that are, that are going to be one supporters. That are you know they're gonna come up and support the run, you know, not make business decisions out there because if you're making a business decision, then guess what, your business decision is gonna be third, fourth round or an undrafted free agent. Not saying that's bad, but you're losing money. You're losing money when you're not coming up and supporting the run. You know you want to be an all-around corner. You want to be an all-around player. So when it's your time to go, they can they can say. He plays the run just as good as he plays the pass. So, with you know, with that being said, um, I don't want to rip James Coley, but I would not take the ball out of Brad Kai's hands in that situation. Yeah, he was I, hot. I, I just, too. He was hot. Yeah, the time. exactly. I, I just wouldn't do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win with, I'm gonna win with number fifteen, and I'm gonna lose with fifteen. Period. That's just that's just how that's just how it's gonna go down. Simple as that. Um, but I I do like the fact that Mark Rip Mark Rip is getting quality assistant coaches and keeping very close to the to his to his vest. You know some of the other people that he may already have in line. He may already have you know word from a D coordinator and all these other people saying yes I'm coming to Miami after my NFL season or the college bowl season is over. So I, we don't know. Like you said, we, we don't know what's going on behind behind closed doors. But, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to a new brand, a new brand slash 
old brand of, of Miami football, you know, being that he's a former king and he knows what it takes, you know, for us to get back. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and seeing how practices are going to be, if they're going to be competitive and not like a country club, how you used to always report for us mm-hmm. <laughs> with the music playing and everything like that. If anything, you're yeah. going to play something, play I'm taking scholarships. Play that a hundred <laughs> times on the field. I'm taking scholarships. I bet you practice would be a lot different. You 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 could probably re- you could probably record some pretty good hip hop stuff for the practice field, couldn't you, D Black? I mean, I could I could record a lot of good things. But yeah. oh, it's funny you. Hey, look. I mean, I don't know if you saw the movie Creed yet. I don't know if anyone saw the movie oh, Creed. Oh, I saw it. I loved it. I look look. I saw it twice. Love it. But if you want to listen to something, if you if, this for all my Kane fans out there for a minute. If y'all work out. If you go to the gym or you go running or if you coach sports, trust me, get the Creed soundtrack and the score. Get the the Creed soundtrack and the Creed score. I'm telling you, it's some songs in there that just motivate you. If you play football, it'll make you feel like you could put that lead on and go out and play a couple couple corners. But, yeah, that's that's something they can listen to, Gary. But um, just on the recruiting front, I just hope we can still still a couple people or people that Mark Rip had formed relationships when he was still at Georgia, and we could get a couple of them to come down and infuse that talent with the South Florida talent and put the pressure on a lot of these players that are already here to let them know y'all not y'all not the only people with talent on this team now. Let's get back to those days when when someone got hurt, you tried your best to get back on the field because if not you may not ever see it again because that person behind you has taken that spot. So we gotta we gotta get go back to that as well. Competing every day from the O line to the D line, from the backs to the corners, all of that. There's gotta be competition all the way around. And people can't have this sense of uh, entitlement or like, yeah, I'm not gonna get benched. Like you know, it was with the last regime, but um. Other than that, Gary, I'm just waiting for signing day to see what goes on. Then spring ball and, you know, football season coming to an end. So I'm kind of going through withdrawal. So I got to go to, you know, I got to go to AA classes, you know, football anonymous. <laughs> so, you know. All right. All right. Well, you have a, I got this, have I got, good... I got show. I got the show to keep me. I got the show to keep me at bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good so new year. So you have a give... show this week? Yeah, we'll have a show next week, so um, probably, uh, I think, Tuesday night. So uh, give us a call next week. All right, Gary. Have a uh, happy new year to all, all the Kane brethren out there, man. Y'all enjoy yourself. Be smart. If you're going to drink, have a designated driver. But definitely be smart. And Kane's 2016 swag, let's get it. Appreciate you, Gary. All right, D-Black. Have a great new year. We'll talk to you next week. Let's go to the 863. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yes, sir, that's you. All right, all right. How's it going? Doing good. Who's this? This is Earl from, from Orlando. Hey, what's up, Earl? What you got for us? Uh, nothing much. Um, well, uh, I said nothing much, but a couple things. Um, now, were you saying that we have no talent on, on, at the offensive line position? I'm saying I don't. I think it's very average. I, I Yeah, I don't think it's very good. I, I think, you, you know, you've got a couple guys there that should be starters at the major college level and 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 a, a lineup predominantly of backup level players. 
I mean, I know it sounds harsh, and I hope par- if any parents are listening tonight, I hope they're not mad at me, but there just aren't that many guys there that should be starters. I mean, Trevor Darling should be playing guard instead of tackle. If he's playing guard, I think he could be a starter. Uh, I think Casey McDermott, if he is being developed properly and didn't blow a year and, and, and could come on a little bit, he's maybe – has the capability to be a starter, but those other guys really should be backups. I mean, Nick Linder should be a backup. Uh, even Isadora, I, I think, is, is is an average player. I don't think he's a great player by any stretch of the imagination. Sonny Adagwu, uh, I know he got hurt at the end, but, I mean, these are not, like, top-of-the-line college football linemen that should be playing at the University of Miami. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, and I go around and I see what's going to these other schools. And, I, and I mean, these, you know, these other schools are getting dudes. I mean, th- these kids can play. And uh, there, there, there's a reason why some of those SEC schools uh, are having the success they're having. I, I, I guess I kind of understand that. But at the same time, you never really see four, five, a whole bunch of four, five-star offensive linemen. You know, um, I mean, to, you, you can recruit some good guys and develop them. I don't argue with that. I mean, there's more than one way to skin a cat with that position. But yeah. I mean, but you saw the whole season play out this year. Did you think that that was a quality offensive line? It, it wasn't, but but um, and I and I think it boils down to coaching as well. I, I think that's why Kehoe is. Is not going to be our offensive line coach, um, even though he's a great person. He's a great coach. He's been a great coach over the years, but I think his his time is just up. I don't think you know. Um, I don't. I just don't think he really did a good job developing these guys. And um, and I think I blame part of partly that. And I think it's the weight room as well. I think it's the weight room as well. And and I, and I don't know. I just think these guys are just when you look at it, and these guys are just being manhandled. You know, and I mean, is it technique? Is it is it is it um, strength? Is it a little bit of both? You know, about so everything, uh, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but um, so I'm I'm gonna wait to reserve to see because let's say um, whoever our new office line coach is gonna come in, and next year we just and another thing is cohesion. All all of our office line will be back next year. So and that I think that plays a role too um, to having a great offensive line is, is is cohesion and togetherness because you know all of these guys except for well Linda started last year Isidore started last year but they pretty much you know are not this is their first year playing together you know so that's I, I, so I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that um that's the main reason or anything like that but I'm I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hope that Next year they're gonna play much better. I hope they play much better. So I do think coaching has a little bit to do with it, it and the, the the weight room as well. The line will not be worse next year. I think we can pretty safely say that. I agree. I, agree. Well, I don't think you or I have any problem making that prediction. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing, the next thing I wanted to talk about is is our def- the new defensive line coach, Coach Cool. I, I, that got to be the best hire. Um, that Miami, other than the head coach, that Miami has done in a long time, in my opinion. Um, on paper, absolutely correct. I don't it even think it's on paper. If Al Golden was making this hire, he would have been the rock star of the coaching staff in the Al Golden era, no doubt about it. 
but but I don't think it's just on paper. When I looked at, because I looked at some of the players that. Uh, well, it's I, on paper because he hasn't done anything here yet. <laughs> I mean, he's got to. What, he's, whatever he's done at Missouri, he now has to do at Miami. I mean, that's okay, the bottom and, line. And I agree. And here's what I was going to say because I looked at the top defensive linemen that he's coached that's become first round draft picks, all Americans, and all that. Uh, Richardson, he did come out as a five star, but I think he must have went to. He must have went to. I don't know what happened, but he um because um, he was. I saw him. He was signed in two recruiting classes, like two years later. So he must have went to um um JUCO or something. I'm not sure, but um uh, and then he dropped down to to a four star. Um, he was the highest rated um, lineman that he's coached um, is Richardson. And then I think it was Sam, Michael Sam, everybody know about him, but he was a two-star. Um, um, Ely was, I think Ely was a four-star, but he wasn't a high-rated four-star. Um, I'm missing somebody. Um, he was drafted last year, Ray. For, uh, um, Shane Ray, he's, he was a three-star. So that means to me, that's telling me this is a coach that's getting average talent and making these guys become first-round draft picks in All-Americans. So that's why I said, and then when you look at it, when you read about who he is and what he's doing, um, um, and you you read not, you hear but not, nothing but positive things about the man. So that's why I think I believe that that's one of the best hires um, we've had in a long time, especially for a defensive line. I think we're going to be a beast next year on that line. I think that's we're just going to be a beast. I, I really believe it because we have the talent. We have five stars and four stars on that D line that just haven't been developed. I really believe that, and we we got a coach now who can come in and and, and get that hunger out of these guys to make them. Be, they're gonna be beasts next year. I think. Mm-hmm. I think these guys are gonna be some beasts. We're gonna have some beasts on that uh, line. I, I think everybody out there listening hopes you're right. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope, that's it. All right, man. Thank Just you for being part of the show. Have a happy new year, and uh, give us a call next week. Let's go to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Hey, what's up, Robert? How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Um, just want to ask you a few questions, Gary. Now, has Deontay Mullen, has he spoken to Mark Richt? Is Richt I, I don't him? think he has. I, I don't know that he has. I mean, he didn't tell me that he has, but, uh, I mean, they still want him. I mean, Gary, I mean, he's calling guys all over the country, and if he's not calling a kid committed, I mean, he, he, he might have. Bruce? He might have. We didn't get into all that. I mean, I, I, I know Deontay Mullins is a guy that, I mean, unless Mark Rick says we don't want him, which I haven't heard has happened, then, you know, he's going to Miami. Right. I mean, you, you're getting it from the other, that side, from the player's side, but it, do they want him? You know, that's the other. I mean, that, that's just a well, question. What I mean, you think they don't I've, that they haven't, if they haven't gotten been in touch with him, I mean, if you have such a prize recruit, no, been, you're going to be calling. They, they, have, they have, they have been in touch with him. You asked me if Mark Richt himself has been in touch oh, with him. Oh, okay. And I, and and I don't, and I don't know the answer to that question, but I know that he's been in regular contact with you know people in the building. People in the building, meaning in the, 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 on, the, or the football, new... on the football staff. You know, there's there's operations guys and stuff that are always in touch with recruits. Uh, I don't know. I have a bad feeling about that one for some strange reason. What makes I don't you know. They're going to drop him. I saw your post on the message board. I, I, I have a I bad mean, feeling about it. 
I, but why? I don't know. Because that... you know something or because you think that they should drop him or No, no. I mean, I feel I I have a pretty good keen sense that he'll be academically qualified. I don't I know I know he has issues, oh, well, that, but I'm pretty sure he'll be, he'll be fine, but everything I everything I, I hear on that front is he is going to make mean, it. I mean, but I'm sure if you ask Sam Bruce, has he spoken to Mark Rick? And Mark Hill will say, yeah, I've probably spoken to him a few times. I find it a little strange that if Mark Rick views this kid as hey, being such Robert, a – I, I don't know if he's spoken to Mark Rick or not. I didn't. I don't think, think he has. That. How about that? I don't Here's think he my has. question. Are you saying this on knowledge or are you saying this on assumption? Are you – like, like – Yeah, if think- I'm going to come on here and say something, I'm going to say it because I have a feeling that that's the reason why. I'm so not you think that Miami's going to drop Dante? I don't, I don't think saying. that Mark. I don't think that. I don't know if that he's a mate. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think that Mark Rick has spoken to him yet, and I think that's a major red flag. That's what I feel. And it could be, but we haven't okay. seen any sign that Miami no longer wants him. Right. Okay. All right. Um. What was my other question? No, I was going to say you know for the first time in. I would say over a decade, I feel like Miami's actually in pretty good hands. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, I feel like they're doing a very good good job of putting this, you know, not staff together, but, you know, things are really going in the right direction. You don't have to really worry and you don't feel like we're getting short chains like we were for the last five years or even under the Randy Shannon, you know, regime. Also, my other, you know, my other question was, would you think that this defensive line coach, this Coach Cool, would come here without – knowing who the defensive coordinator would be? Uh, he might, but I think they know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. I just think that okay. they have, I just think they're not saying anything about it yet. Right. All right. No, I, I agree with that. Cause you would think a guy with his, you know, you know, track record and everything like that, if he's going to move down, you know, come to a situation like this, that he would at least know who the defensive coordinator would be. So I, I would assume that also. And just my last, well, but, and has, but let's be honest, even if he doesn't, this is a, a a good it's a good move for him. I mean, you know, this is, it's going from Missouri to Miami and and being part of a solution here and uh, working for right. Mark Rick. I mean, the coaches like working for Mark Rick now. He's very no. he, he's a very family oriented guy. He lets them he gives them time to go spend with their families and and right. you know, he's not one of those coaches that makes them be at the office 17 hours a day. You know, right. he, guys like to work for him. No, no, I, and I agree, and I, and I, you know, very rarely do you hear not one person say anything bad about someone, and he's, I've yet to hear anything negative about Mark Rick, not yeah, not from one I person. Agree. And, um, no, my last thing would be, you know, every year there's that one recruit that says all the right things, but at the end of the day just doesn't add up and something just doesn't feel right about and just get a bad sense in your feeling, and I'm starting to get that feeling with Sam Bruce. I've always had that feeling about him. Yeah, I don't disagree back with that. I, other other than the fact the that he right looks thing. you right in the eye and tells you and, I, and tells you stuff, and you know he's a nice kid. There's no reason to think he's a pathological liar or anything. But other than that, I, I mean, there are things in the, in the in the routine that you would prefer wouldn't be there. I agree. There, I, you know, there's no reason to be walking around the Under Armour game with an Ohio State hat. I mean, it's just not. That's just, that's, that's immaturity. I mean, you know, you it know, you seems don't. Like yeah, I mean, and would you be taking all these official visits? And I, I mean, well, I, I like that. I never thought. Hmm? Kids do like that? to take visits. They like it's to take fun, visits. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and and I, like I said, I don't think it it would be Florida. I never thought that that was the the school for him. I always thought 
Ohio State was probably Miami's biggest competition. Obviously, it looks a little, you know, more. Florida's not really recruiting him that hard, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. No, and I I, I agree, right, and I know that. But, uh, yeah, something about that whole situation just never really add up. And even if Kevin Beard was the coach, I still didn't think it had added up. You know, now it maybe gives a little bit of an excuse, and, you know, and, and I don't think Kevin Beard is out of the equation as, you know, not to be the wide receivers coach. I think he'll have he, a good shot, maybe 50-50 at that. When I was with him yesterday in Orlando, I mean, and he and I were sitting there talking one-on-one, he told me he loves Kevin Beard, but that had, Kevin Beard had zero factor in whether he right. would come to Miami or not. Right, and, and, I, and I would agree with that. Even if he was the coach, I would say that there wasn't, it would, I would still have the same feeling that I got before meaning I don't think it was a slam dunk, even if they did retain him as a coach. You know, everyone thinks that, you know, one plus one equals two with that, and I never saw that. But I guess we'll see, and like I said, and I think we'll live, you know, with or without him. I don't think he's, uh, you know, uh, you know that he's a great recruit, but I don't think he's, you know, it's not Teddy Bridgewater that we're missing out on that's going to maybe set the program back, you know, three years. But I guess we'll see. Um, but no, all right. I think, you know, and what do you think about Stacey Coley? You think he's going to come back? I mean, I think he should come back. <laughs> I, should, I thought Artie, I thought Artie Burns had, had a lot of upside. You know, I understand he's got the personal situation. He needs to make money. Right. But I think he's costing himself money by going pro. I think he had a lot of upside for next year. I think so, too. And I mean, and I think great examples would be Denzel Perriman and Philip Dorsett. I mean, you're talking about guys that were fringe, third, fourth, fifth-round picks that went through the process. And they came back for their senior years, and look what those guys have done, and how many more millions of dollars they put next to their name now that because they came back. And I yeah, think Stacey and, Coley and that can making, certainly be the case with Stacy Coley. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean Philip Dorsett. If you, I mean, after his, I mean, dropping the ball at Notre Dame and all those, you know, hurting his knee and coming back and being a first round draft pick. Should he have been a first round draft pick? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing: he definitely has a guaranteed trot contract that says he's a first round draft pick. And Denzel Perriman, the same thing. I mean, those guys really, really did well for themselves and did the right, made the right mature move. And I hope Stacey Coley does the same. But I have a bad, that's another one where I have a bad feeling about, too. <laughs> you know, I get a lot of yeah. bad feelings sometimes. You yeah, know? I don't disagree with Everyone you. He's capable, wants... he's, he's capable of making a bad decision, you know, when it comes to that. Capable I mean, he's, a, he's yeah. a kid, I think, that was thinking about the National Football League before he played a snap of college football. So I, I'm actually shocked. He's he's progressed this well and actually put himself in the position to to be go along this way because I he's think not if you knew him, position, he's really not. He'd be a fourth or fifth yeah. round draft pick right now, probably. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and you know, and, and, and if he comes back next year and has a great year, he could probably be a second round pick. Right, and that's, right. And that's and, a well, huge you know, difference. I think sky's the limit with the kid. I mean, I yeah. see that that kid has his head on straight. I mean, obviously his frame is a little, you know, he's not Julio Jones out there, but I mean, you know, he he is. He's he's got the upside, but yeah, like I said, if you knew him in tenth, eleventh grade, I mean, you're just happy that he came along this far. But yes, he is capable of making definitely a uh, you know a non thought through decision. But I guess we'll see. All right, Gary, that was really it. You know, just wanted to go over a few recruits. I guess yeah, we'll see how this is going to pan out. You know, I I hope it works. You know, I, I think I think we're we had the best person in charge we possibly could who's going to try his hardest. Who's going out there nationally, locally, and going to put Miami in the best position possible to get 
you know, the players that they should have. And that's Agree. And, and a year from now, it yeah. should be even better than it is today. Oh, I mean, have you seen the kids? I mean, the, the recruiting class that Georgia's going to have this year, or if Rick would have stayed, who they're going to, I mean, who, who they're going to, who, what he was building there. I mean, not mm-hmm. for this year, just in general. I mean, you're talking about, this is like, you know, in terms of, I mean, the only, the only local franchise you could probably compare this to now is probably the Miami Heat. Cause they're not, they're certainly not going to be the Miami Dolphins because they're misrun. They're not going to be the Marlins. I mean, the Panthers are pretty well run, but I mean, this is going to be the, the new, I think the new, you know, it's on a paper right now, but they're going to be very well run. I think he's, if he's got to finish the coaching staff, that's the key to it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, give it time. You know, I think as no, not you give it time. I'm just saying, I think people need to be patient and just know that things, you know, are probably already agreed upon, but, you know, bowl games need to be played. The National Football League needs to finish out. And I think in a week or 10 days, I think it will all be – all the dust will settle. That's what I yep. think. All right. All well, right, man. Have a we'll great New Year. Next, we'll, yeah, the next month should be exciting. You got it, Gary. You have a good, good New Year also. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right, let's go now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross, Jersey. Hey, what's, yeah. what's up, Ross? Talk to us. What you got? No, hey man. Um, just to jump in, um, talk about what you know, Sam Bruce. Um, if he do come to us, I think you know everybody's kind of discussing how we are use him, how we should use him. I think one of the way we should use him is how uh, Florida used Powell. Um, remember that was the kid that was supposed to come to us. Yes. And um, that's what he's going to be. He'll be a specialist, just like that. Yep. Yeah, you run him out the backfield a little bit. You'll put him in motion, you know, get him in space and um, pick up some mismatches, use him a little bit on special team, probably put, you know, some, he's the kind of kid that you could put out there as a second guy, as a return guy. You have one return guy on the left and one return guy on the right. And, you know, you put fear into the guys, you know, the kicker or the punter heart where he can't, you don't know where you want to kick the ball. You have to probably kick it out of bounds. So, you know, and plus we're using guys now. We're getting guys on the staff with some common sense, you know, and um, and be able to use the guys the way we're supposed to. I just think, you know, like the caller said this earlier, just right now, we're 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 misused. Um, if you think about it, just think about some of the guys that was, you know, that we recruited two four-star offensive linemen last year. One was playing right away, and one wasn't. And I think once we get the right guy in. We're going to be able to help with the athleticism and just being coached. I think you know, Arkeo got a little, not lazy, but I think a little, he's a little bit about it, you know, not into his, his, the way he was before. I think he was um, tired, done, and just trying to push it and show face. He had to get on interviews and be loud and being how much he loved Golden and all this. That stuff was just all stupidness, you know. It's time mm-hmm. to get back to coaching, you know. And I just think a lot of the kids were just misused really misused, you know. So um, I, I really think it's about coaching. I really do. Um, another thing, too, I don't think uh, uh, some of these defensive guys that get on board, like season alignment coach, they get on board if he doesn't already know who the, uh, the coach is going to be. I think we have a clear idea who the guy's going to be. I think Yeah, I does. do, too. I just yeah, wish I, I knew really who it was. I'm trying to obviously trying to find out all the time. <laughs> but no. Well, he's been nobody. doing a really good. Here's the thing that here's the thing that we got to pay attention to. Also, it's not, I won't say for some reason, but it's really it's good to see that he already know who it is, and um, it's not being public, it's not being leaked. 
That's oh, something he's good, that, he's good at this. Yeah, I mean, that's it, what I'm it, saying. It, that's something it's hard to find out what he's to. doing. Yeah, as fans, we we need to pay attention to that to let you know that you know the stuff is being done right right now. He's he's doing what he got to do to make sure that stuff doesn't get. I think it's it'll be great, man. But I think it's probably one of these guys that's in these um either New Year's Eve ball or even after you know you know that's going to play the first um first of the year, you know. So that's something that we should be excited about. We're going to get somebody that knows what the hell is going on and now to coach these kids up. You know, I'm 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 one of the guys that's a little concerned about the recruiting. So I don't, I think we're going to miss on some guys. Um, you know, I saw a little bit and I heard a little bit about your interview with the running back from Texas. Um, I think he was just really blown. You know, he didn't sound like he was really going to be interested in him. He just sounded like he's going to do him a favor. He's going to come down and he's going to visit the school as a favor. But um, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, let's see. I wouldn't assume too much either way there. Yeah, he also did another interview with one of the other guys, and he seemed even more disinterested. Like he was well, you know, he's going to commit on Saturday to Texas or, or Arkansas. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's yeah, going that, to happen. That, that's that kid. Yeah, that's that kid. That's the running back. It was another kid too that just seemed like he was was really in it. You know, he was just taking an interview for just to do the interview. And I was like, okay, here's something new for us. Where before we were looking at an interview, and we felt like we had a chance. At least we're getting kids that's not coming up here and, and, and sugarcoating to make it seem like we have a chance and we really don't. You know, I think some of these kids are just going to take the visit for this year. I think a lot of the focus would be from, for next year. I didn't talk to anybody up there and that hadn't told me before we started the interview that they were seriously considering Miami because I, I just I don't waste time like that. Okay. Another thing, too, if we're not going to make us uh, – the type of splash that I think as fans that we, we you know we want to see and feel good about, I think we should at least try to hit the JUCO ranks for a certain position, you know, corner, maybe, you know, a decent two different alignment, and and maybe another offensive lineman. Get one from high school. That's just you know, with the kid, the kid Tatum. What is, what's your thought? What's your thought on him? What do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's coming to Miami, or do you think he's heading somewhere else? We don't know, but that's the kind of kid they need to get. I mean, he, you know, he's a hell of a player, but you were talking about, um, and you're talking about Marcus Tatum, the offensive tackle, I assume, up from the Daytona area. But uh, yeah. in terms of Juco's, one kid I do think they're going to get is the corner out of um, Merced, California Community College, Devron Davis. Um, mm-hmm. I, I what think do you think you, about him? You, you think he's any good? You know, I haven't seen enough film and been able to study him well enough. Uh, you know, but he's a JUCO guy, and obviously, you know, they like him, or they wouldn't be taking him, and uh, they consider him a guy that can come in and play right away. Uh, he's going to visit, I believe, the weekend of the fifteenth, and I think you'll see him commit on his visit. Okay, I just don't want him to be one of these kids where he's okay, he's solid, but then he comes and you know, well, I, I, they, I need him to. But be, they need, I need corners so bad, and it's it'll it'll help to have an older kid. Like think think about what uh, Ladarius Gunter for example, did for the program. And I think that's what you're looking for from this kid. Well, I'll tell you what, if he could be a little bit better than him, I I, I feel good because it was time to people if if we if we paid attention, it was time when no one threw that no one threw to his side. Mm-hmm. It was game. No, no, he he developed nicely and it, and that's the what problem you're is for we had so old kid. Yeah, the problem is we had so much other stuff going on that, you know, we couldn't <laughs> As fans, we couldn't pay attention to that, but it was time when they did not throw to his side. 
they just left them alone. And really good teams, not just um, you know the week six the teams that we was playing. It was good teams that would not throw to his side. So like I said, we had a lot of other craziness going on defensively. So we really didn't pay attention to that. But um, they wouldn't throw to him. But um, no, what I was just you know that was one of the stuff I want to talk about and just. As fans, we really just need to focus on we're going to be able to watch a different brand of football on the field. Just guys that knows what they're doing, kids being coached up, kids being questioned why they're getting off the off the field of why are you doing this? What are you doing? And why are you not doing what we're asking you to run and just, and just being developed? I think we lack that. We had no emotion on the sideline. Players weren't even talking to each other. You'll watch a side. You'll watch the game, and you'll look at the sideline game, and you'll just watch guys so like they was comatose, like just well, I'm not. They're not speaking to each other. They're not going over certain things that was just going on on the field. They wasn't questioning each other. They wasn't challenging each other. It's just it was just not the team that I've always loved and watched and, and be able to brag about. So, you know, those are the things that I think is going to change. You know, immediately, guys mm-hmm. going to you know challenge each other in practice and when and be questioning why they're not getting the job done on the field. You know, no more of this, it's okay. You know, we're, we've got to stick together as a team and all that kind of nonsense. No, let's get it done, you know, and, and that's and that's what I think that, we, you know, we should do. And I agree with the other caller, too. When said, we don't got to get a big back. We just got to get the right back. We got to get a, one, one more running back that's going to come well, Mark, in. And Mark Rick speak. likes big backs. He doesn't yeah, like but I think he, backs. I think he, likes he like big a big fast back. When the, when, the, when the game's on the line in the fourth quarter, can 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 pound the ball and get and get well, the extra yards. Let me ask you this. I mean, let me ask you this. The kid um that 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 played for them before he got hurt this year, Shelf. What's his size? I don't remember him being a six foot, a six foot one type yeah. of um, running back. I mean, if he no, was, I mean, he just saying look. Right. He just saying look. You're right. So he, even though he, he likes big, he's a guy from Georgia. That you know, kind of like a Sam Bruce type of player from Georgia that, that they they had to take, but you know he's pretty much he's always made it known he prefers bigger backs. Yeah, but here's another thing too. Uh, just I, I just think we should focus on getting the right running back. For example, take a kid. Why can't we get these type of kids? Take a kid that the kid the running back from uh, Michigan State. Look, this kid is a freshman, and he's contributing right away and doing well. There's plenty of running backs in the state of Florida. Miami shouldn't have any problem getting running backs. The aberration right now for the Hurricanes is that Florida State got Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin yeah. Cook or Alex Collins even had stayed at Miami, everything would be fine at the running back position. I Just agree. And these are the, can't let those kids leave town. I, and this, this is one of the reasons why most of those guys that's on staff is being let go. Because how do we, you know, if you're if you're Ice Harris, I don't know if he's coming back. If he's not, how, how do you let the, 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 the a player like the kid that went to Florida, yeah, like you Calvin coached at high school, you coached yeah. at that high school. You can't your son, that. you can he, your son went to Florida, um, Florida Atlantic or whatever. So he, it's not like he was at a big school. I, I'm, guy, I'm going to tell you, I, that's my personal feeling. I felt like he wanted. You know, his son to have somebody to throw to. <laughs> so, you know, he just, he allowed it to go to go on and, and, and allow a kid of that caliber and talent to I go down the road. But um, listen, let me let some other people get on tonight. Give us a call again next week, okay, and have a great New Year. All right, man, you too. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go to the um, 678 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, guys? Doing good. Who's this? This guy is junkie. <laughs> What's up, man? Talk to us. Um, uh, um, a 
mirror, Rasul, what what's the percentage you give him on flipping back? You know, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. I I saw, you know, he did an interview at the Semper game and said that he, you know, wanted to reconsider Miami and take a visit to Miami. You know, will they look at him or not? I I don't know. You know, it's too early in the game Uh, right now. This just came up yesterday. Well, with him, Hamilton, and Homer, like, how those three wouldn't be the three takes? And we talk about the backyard. We talk about being explosive. All three of them boys can run. All three of them can hit the home run at any moment. All three of them did good in in the in the state of Miami, the backyard, really. Um, and then with a new blocking scheme, a new uh, play design, a new uh, – really like a new scheme, what, what you really want to do. Because Mark Rick, yeah, he had girly, but that's it. Uh, Sony Michelle ain't the biggest back. Uh, You're right. Uh, Green Green wasn't the biggest back. Nick uh, Marshall, when they were calling him Gershaw, Marshall is probably ain't biggest bigger than uh, Walton. But with Edwards, Edwards would be like the the McGahee, and then you know the rest of them would be like the Clinton Porters, the Gathers. Um, in in terms of that, the Gore. Um, because we got we got two big bats already, so to be looking for this like if we miss on the Texas uh, Whaley, so what we uh, Rasul right here, like we we want to give him all this praise from Texas, like oh we got to get this boy from Texas, but we want to overlook the backyard, especially we have a a real staff where kids won't be pushed away, like now kids are gonna be put like you know consider Miami. Instead of like, no way we sending my child to uh, Miami, or no way I'm sending my player to Miami to play in that scheme with the Narfio. No way I'm sending my kid to Miami to play in that Coley scheme. Now you got a real NFL, real SEC scheme. It's like the the, the scheme is gonna make the, the the players now like you know show what they were showing in day in Broward and Palm Beach, um, and also with. Um, you know, with the, with the players that we're considering at the uh, All American games, do you feel like it's some it's somebody out there like players that other players and recruits really want to play with? Like who's that? Really. Who, who in the All American games that players say, you know, if they commit to Miami, I want to follow? I didn't. Like, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> I didn't see any of that when I was in in Orlando at all. So it's not really like nothing I'm not saying that like doesn't that. happen sometimes, but I, I didn't see it this week up there. Oh, uh, okay. So it's not like a real – it's not like a brotherhood amongst the All-Americans, like for no particular school? Not really. Not right now. No. Okay. Uh, realistically, like everybody who's been popping up, you know, on the rumor mill, you know, uh, your poster on the um, board the other day, but – in all fairness, like everything that's been popping up, you know, it, it hadn't been far fetched. Like the people who've been popping up, you know, with the Thomas Brown, with the Hartley, then when the Coach Cool, they ended up being on the staff. Like these rumors, there's a reason for a rumor, you know. I mean, people ain't just saying, okay, like Miami people. This like the guy with the Coach Cool was a Missouri guy who put that out there, like. We've been seeing Raymond, we've been seeing Martinez, and now we're seeing around the light. Where did, where did he come from all of a sudden? 
I mean, it all it takes is one guy to send out a tweet, and everybody starts <laughs> well, repeating. Wow, I mean, I mean, we're life. seeing everybody in the world rumored to be the next Miami defensive coordinator. So That's it just what takes I mean. one guy like, to do Around the wasn't even on the radar. Now all of a sudden it's like it's smoke right there. It just takes one tweet, one person tweeting, and, have... one person, <laughs> and one person to believe it's happening, and then go post somewhere else that it's happening, and. <laughs> That's Twitter. It's hard. It's hard for me not to believe that these guys who keep popping up on the rumor mill and then they end up being in Miami is 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 like it's a lot of smoke. It's almost like they already have legs when they pop up well, on the rumor mill. Nah, you you just can't take you can't take it too seriously. All right, Do let me you let have me, any like. No, we don't know thing. who the Do have, coordinator is going to be right now. You don't I mean, have we're a clue. all the names that everyone else else is hearing, but we don't we don't you know don't if any. No, not right now, no. It's not that we're not trying to find out, trust me. You made a post earlier that was like, you pretty much said Mark Rick knows who the B coordinator is. You wouldn't just put that out there. I can't imagine that he does at this point. I can't imagine he doesn't. that out there. I can't <laughs> imagine <laughs> at this stage of the game he doesn't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. He must. All right, hey, we only got a few minutes oh, okay. left. All right. Go ahead, talk. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, give me yeah, give, give us a call again next week and, and have a great new year. Let's go to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, <laughs> twice. We'll get, get you next time. Sorry about that. Let's go to the 202. You're hey, live on Kane Wow. Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is uh, Deuce from up in uh, D.C. What's up, Deuce? What you got for us? Uh, not much, man. I'm going to shoot quick. Um, just going off what you were talking about with the O-line, um, the problem is we got a lot of guards. You got guards trying to play tackle. And you thought KC was going to be a tackle, but he's he ended up being a guard. His arms are too short. Um, yeah. And then the, our two tackles, it seems to be the future would be St. Louis on the left and Bar Milo on the right, but they're young. Um, but it, it also, you know, you, you're talking about why we couldn't recruit better guys. Well, who, who who was going to want to play for Golden and then Kehoe? Like, you can't have Kehoe there and he can't recruit and then he can't develop you. And then Al Golden is the head coach. And then you have Coley who, who kind of like, you know, he'll start out. His, his first drive is always very good because, you know, he scripts, he scripts them. But then after, after that, or, you know, when it doesn't go as planned, if you're down two touchdowns, then it's like, oh, man, it's, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We don't have an identity. Another problem is you can run on Miami with uh, – I mean, well, actually, you can stop Miami, rather. You can stop them with two high safeties. Usually, you know, with Miami, you didn't want to leave a safety too high because you always had a running back coming downhill. We always had pretty good running backs. Well, now, Yearby's put too much weight on, so he slows the truck. And then Walton, he's young. He's still trying to figure things out, and that's just a bad combination. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. You have like when we get in the red zone, you ever wonder why we struggle to score? Because you can you can actually keep two safeties back in the red zone against us. You're not worried about a run because the front seven is going to handle that. So at the end of the day, I think that that, that has a lot to do with our issues. Uh, Keo's not a great recruiter, um, so you know that kind of trickled down. And then like like the, one of the previous callers said, I think he's I think he's pretty much done. I think he's pretty much seen you know the, his, his best days go by as a coach. Um, my last thing was you you comment on a lot of players like you'll comment on like Chad or uh, the only the, the only player that I feel like has lost hope is uh, Alex Gall. He's he's horrible. I'm, I'm sorry. He's he shouldn't play for Howard University, let alone Miami. 
Um, but I really feel like the coaches were subpar, so the players played subpar. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I really feel that way. I mean, the I, I think it was D. Black that talked about the cornerbacks, right? Not not filling up, not filling the run. But mm-hmm. when you think about it, the DB coach has to demand that. No, no players doubt. on our team seemed like they had a fear of, okay, I better do my assignment or the coach is going to chew me out or my teammates are going to chew me out. It was just kind of like, okay, we're going to show up and play and, you know, we'll win or we'll, or we'll lose. But either way, you know, I'm not really tripping. I, I really don't think that a lot of these players understand what Miami is is about, you know, from a, from a standpoint of where we were. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and and lastly, I think the, the most exciting thing that I'm excited about uh, is – that with Mark Rick and and like like you keep saying if, if he gets a good if he fills his staff out the proper way, the South Florida Divas won't play the game anymore with Miami. No because, doubt. Let's just face it; they were all trying to get offers so that Florida State will pay them more attention, or Clemson, or Alabama, or LSU, and then it was slow play Golden. And you know what, Gary? That's why Golden stopped trying to recruit those guys. You think about yep. that. He got tired of getting left at the altar at the last minute. Exactly. I mean, they'd get to signing day. Guys like Matthew Thomas and Denver Kirkland the night before would be telling them they're coming, and then on signing day they'd go somewhere else. Yeah, but but this, this is the crazy thing. This is the crazier thing, rather. Once that happened to him, he should have knew that his staff wasn't good enough. Well, so you're right. So he had to go out and get the guys that can command that. You're and absolutely I'm just so right. happy because – these guys are not going to be slow playing Mark Rick. And I'm I'm actually not really, you know, we don't get this guy, we don't flip that guy, no big-name guys come this year. I'm not worried about it because I know next year, if you don't want to play for Coach Cool, you're insane. If you look at the tapes, right, I, I went back and I did this. I looked at Miami. I looked at the Florida State-Miami uh, game from 2000. I looked at it from 2001. I also looked at Miami-Virginia Tech 05. And I looked at Miami-Florida uh, State uh, 05 as well. If you see – how we got off the line of scrimmage back then, and you look at us now, that's coaching, Gary. I'm sorry. it's, it's They're doing – Well, there's the some ability involved to too, but you're, you're, well, no, you're no, not no. wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's, no, there's no ability involved. I'm talking about as far as – we don't – like every every year, with the exception of his first year when he actually ran the 4-3, every year our defensive line, they, they get slower and slower, and you can tell that they're they're thinking too much. So when Chad's coming off the line, he's on the end, right? But he's like, I got contained, I got contained. So he's not trying to just straight up destroy the tackle and get back there and cause problems. He's trying to focus on this assignment. Well, with what Missouri does and what we used to do is, like like Coach Cool's Twitter handle says, let's meet at the quarterback. You play the run on the way to the quarterback. And we were not doing that. Um, someone put up uh, his stats. He had like a, they had like 144 tackles for loss or something like that at Missouri. We had like 50. That's a product of scheme and coaching, and and I'm just I'm just very very happy that we're going in a, a really good direction. The, the the kids are not going to leave us at the altar if they if they're planning to do so. Rick will probably sooner than Golden did, and we're going to be in the game for a lot of the big the big time guys. It's offensive linemen alike, and um you 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 throw Alabama. This is my last comment. You throw Alabama out there with offensive line, Gary. Alabama selects. They don't recruit. They select. So if you no have doubt. any pro aspirations, you're already three fifteen. Why wouldn't you go to Alabama and play guard? Because you know they're going to run the ball. They're not going to put you in any bad situations that expose you to pass protection. So Yeah, they I'm look at the to top to 20 offensive linemen in the country, and they say, okay, we want him, we want him, we want him, and then exactly. they can get him. You're right. We, we, we can't be like that. 
We, well, we, we can't no, be like that. Can't but, be and, like that. You got to have the right personnel on your coaching staffs. Right, but see, but see, Miami can be, be like that. Trust me, Miami. But, can but Gary, be. we have to win. We have to win two, three ACC championships and a couple of national titles to get there. That's why Alabama's there. With Alabama getting those guys with but, Mike Shula, let me no. tell you something right now. If you took Mario Cristobal and from Alabama and put him as the offensive line coach at Miami, three years from now you would have an offensive line at Miami as good as anyone in the country. I would love it's to pick you up on that. Now, I don't believe now, it. Miami. Miami is an appealing place for kids. You no, gotta no, no. have. I right, agree with that. But, have the but right this team. is the wild card. This is the wild card. I don't care if you're if you're Alabama's offensive line coach or defensive line coach. That strip and conditioning program is the key to everything. We don't have no, it. Every, no, everything together is the key to everything. There's yeah, no but, one but, thing but that's more, the key to everything. They have the best strip and conditioning program in the country. It's not even close. You look at their players, right? But then, but then on the backside of it, Gary, you look at their players, right? At Alabama, they look like they're in the NFL. But when they get yep. to the NFL, a lot of them are maxed out because they've been training like they are who they're going to be, kind of like what Butch used to say about guys from Texas. Those mm-hmm. high schools were so advanced and they had the weight rooms and everything, and you can kind of see who he was already, right? But when you get him to Miami, he's 6'6", 215, and you get to put 30 pounds on him. Then by the time he's 28, he he is who he's going to be now, not at 22. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. So the strength and conditioning program has to get better. I don't know what they plan on doing with Swayze, but they need some help or something. And you know, if we get the proper staff, I think we you know we're heading we're heading up. We're we're, we're going in the right direction. And I, I'll just leave you with that, so you can take some more calls. All right, man. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. Have a happy new year. Thanks. All right, guys. Um, it's let's see. We're we're already in overtime here. I, I, there's still a lot of guys on the board that want to come on. I'm going to go over a little bit. Uh, try to get a couple more on. We're we're not going to be able to get everybody on tonight. I, I apologize. But let's go now to the seven oh six. The heck is that? Are you are you with us? I'm going to have to put you back on hold. <laughs> uh, let's go to the seven seven zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how are you doing today? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, PC, Tony Campbell, up in the What's ATL. Up, Happy New Year. Talk to us uh, real quick. Go ahead. Well, um, I've just been uh, listening for the last, what, I guess a month or so, but some, for some reason I always get you in the, the ninth hour. Um, I called about maybe, what, a month ago, and I mentioned Mark Rick being hired, and you say, no, that's probably not going to happen because – you know, the, the people up there in Atlanta, they love him. There's no way, you know, that we could possibly get him as a, our head coach. Well, that was, that so, was before he got fired. He had already turned down the job. I, I knew I knew at that point that he had already turned them down. Yeah, but I work at a, a company here that kind of get, like, some, you know, backyard scoop or whatever. So I know some of the recruiters. I'm not a recruiter, but some of the, uh, mm-hmm. the guys that uh, are on some of these recruiting websites – or whatever, and I kind of had, like, an inside scoop. Because when you think about it, Gary, I mean, Kirby Smart got hired. Am I wrong for saying this before Mark Rick took the Miami job? So um, they already knew that. I, I don't know about that. I mean, he was a – Kirby Smart, you know, he was a natural for Georgia. Uh, I mean, if they were going to make a coaching change, he, he was a natural guy they would go after. But – when Miami first approached Mark Rick back when they fired Al Golden in the middle in the middle of the season and they made an inquiry about whether Mark Rick would be interested in, in being considered for the Miami job, um, Mark Rick told them then no, 
that his plan was to stay at Georgia. Now, when the season didn't go the way they wanted it to, and then at the at the end when he got fired at, at Georgia, the phone call was immediately made, and Mark Richt uh, immediately became the leading candidate at Miami. And uh, you'll remember that's when we we jacked him up to the top of the hot board because we knew that phone call had taken place, and we said then that I was it was actually it was on Sunday, and we said then that Mark Richt was the top candidate for the Miami job now. And as it went, we kept going forward on Monday and Tuesday, um, we continued to be more and more definitive on it. So um, I get what you're saying. I mean, it, it was no secret as the season went on that 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 Richt was going to potentially be fired there. But at the time that that was going on, he had already turned down Miami. And that's why I said what I said. Yeah, but at the same token, Gary, all I'm saying is that that Kirby Smart hire, it took place, like, real quick. Yeah, but, so, I, but it wasn't done in the middle of the year. You don't think so? No, I know so. I mean, but, Gary, but, not, but again, hire, he, he was a logical guy for them to consider if they were going to make the move on Rick. There's no – I mean, he was a, he's a logical guy. I mean, he's, he's a Georgia guy. Right. That's all that is all that is true. I'm just saying that that happened just like almost rapid. Like, okay, Mark Mark Rick is fired. Yeah, they knew. Who, then about what? No doubt. They knew who they wanted yeah, to about, go get. Right. Three or four days later, they already had Kirby Smart yeah. hired as their head coach. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying is that I don't even know if they considered anybody else. They didn't. They really didn't. Yeah, I don't think they, they already did. knew yeah. that. Right. Yeah, they already knew that Kirby well, Smart was going to come in. You got anything else for us tonight? Well, just, you know, curious about, you know, the other uh, uh, coaches that we are considering, like, bringing in. I know there's a lot of uh, people that really support the job that Kevin Beard is doing, me, myself included. Um, Do you have, like, any other insight on what other coaches that might? Well, the only thing we know is Kevin Beard is definitely interviewing to get his job back. That we know for sure. Yeah, that is definitely happening. Um, and I think there's a really good chance that he'll he'll bring Kevin Beard back. Um, but beyond that, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's been some scuttlebutt that Kehoe might be getting a re-interview, uh, but we mm-hmm. don't know. We don't know if that's true or not true. Um, I do believe that we. I have heard from a very good source that he is looking at some guys in the National Football League. Um, for a couple of those remaining spots, but does that mean that that that's the way it's going to go? No, <laughs> you know. So it's all up in the air right now. I wish I wish we knew more. Trust me, we want to know more. We're trying to know more, but I mean, Rick is keeping this thing pretty close to the vest, which is good. I don't I don't like. Well, I think he's still weighing a lot of his options. I, I I I think he's got options, and I think he's weighing them. Right, and it's always good to wait because if you make those quick, you know, fast decisions, you may not get the best coaches. So now why, why not just take time to evaluate what's out there, and then that way you can go ahead and pull the trigger on what coach you want to bring in. But well, It's um, a dead period for another thing. week and a half. For another, I mean, really, they're not going to start recruiting for another couple of weeks intensively. So, I mean, he still has some time here to make sure he gets the right guys. Yeah, one last thing, Gary, before I let you go. What about Lily? I think that's the tight end coach that was. I, I, yeah, he's not, I, I've heard he's not coming. I think. Oh, I think if he coming? were coming, he, I think if he were coming, he'd be here right now. 
I no, heard other things. You know, like Tom, or, or you would know he's going to be here right now, just like you know Thomas Brown's going to be here. Right. I think if Lily, I think if Lily were coming, he, you know, but uh, we heard that he had turned them down. Oh, okay. But again, in the, never say, in the Never Say Never department, Thomas Brown initially turned them down too, and then Mark right. Rick came back with a little more juice and landed them. So. Right. What about McClendon? Uh, it looks Is like McClendon. Yeah, I think he's he's turned it down. Also, it looks like. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, hey, thanks for being part of the show. Have a great New Year. All right, same to you as well. Next time you're in the ATL, uh, look me up, and uh, I'll take you out to some nice restaurants around town. You got it, man. My place in Atlanta is Bones over there in Bo- in uh, Buckhead. I know all uh, about Bones. What about Fox Brothers that, Barbecue? That's the, best, that's, the best, that's the best steak in the South, man, at Bones. They get, at they, Bones, okay. <laughs> do you ever go there? Gary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, There's it's some pretty other, good, right? You know, places. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. good. Can't all complain. Right. There's some other places that are... Right up there with Bones as well. So, like I said, right. next time you're in ATL, you uh, I'll uh, send you my, my information, and I'll take you out. M- lunch right. or dinner right. on me. All right, man. Thanks for the offer. Have a good New Year. All right. Bye-bye. Same to you as well. Right. You got it. Final call of the night. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's good? going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's 23 Daddy King. Gary, what's up? Hey, what's up, Mr. Herndon? How's everything? <laughs> Chilling, man. Enjoying the new year. Enjoying the new year. How you doing? Great, great final call for 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is, so, man. So, so talk to us. What do you think? What would you think of the man. bowl game? What do you think of the way the transition that's going on? Um, let me give you the floor and tell us what you think. Uh, of course not happy with the bowl game at all. We had a opportunity to, to win even at the end and you know you pull out a halfback pass at the end of the game at the 30 some yard line with the best quarterback in the ACC and just didn't like it at all man it's, it was devastating to the kids I mean definitely the fans and you know it's just par for the course you know that being said you can take that kind of loss but you got to be happy and excited about you know what Mark Rick is doing who he's bringing in, you know, um, the coaching changes that he's making, you know, you got to be excited about it. And I don't know what you plan on talking about after the end of the season, but um, as those coaches come in, you know, we'll find something to talk about. But I'm very excited, man. My son is excited. Um, so it's just a good thing. You got any scoops for us? Do the players know anything about coaches coming <laughs> in that we don't know? Man, you know what? Actually, no, they don't, man. They, I know, they really I know don't. They, they don't. took this break and they've turned phones call, you know, phones off. They're not listening to anything. You know, they kids. So, you know, but um, with the hires that he had before they left, you know, they are excited about that. So, and like you said earlier, I do think the defensive coordinator is someone that's still coaching now. I think there'll be a more, a couple of more add-ons as the bowl games are played and. I haven't given up on Cristobal. <laughs> I think he's going to come over. Um, I still think his man, uh, what's his name, Martinez, Willie Martinez at Tennessee is going to come over to be the D.C. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think he's going to keep Scott on, which I hope he does. So uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, it will. All right, well, you have a great new year. Thank, All thank, right, man, thank you, too, thank man. You. Thank you for being part of our show the whole season. Oh, and, man, uh, no problem. 
we'll be back next Tuesday night to continue this conversation and see if there's any more coaching hires between now and then and uh, any more scuttlebutt. Oh, yeah. oh and, definitely, um, man. Get ready for next season, man. We, I'm telling you, like I always said, we wasn't a dog team. We still was 8-5, and five, but, you know, just just get ready for it. Like one caller said, a couple of more offensive linemen in. You tweak here, you tweak there. I'm telling you, we're going to have a great year next year. You got it. All right, well, you have a great no, new year. You enjoy your holiday. Yeah, give us a shout next Tuesday. Definitely, Gary. You have a good new year, too. You got it, Mr. Turnden. All right, guys, great show tonight. Great calls. Um, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Be safe if you go out and hit the streets tomorrow night. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday next week to continue this conversation. Those of you that didn't get on tonight, I apologize. Um, but, uh, call earlier next week and we'll make sure we get you on next week. Um, and with that, I'll say good night to everybody. And once again, have a happy new year. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in the days of old Lang Syne? Yeah.